0: Viewers should come for the requisite jump scares and various bits of creepy business. Bugs crawling out of mouths, corpses stiffly rising from slabs, spirits that go from pretty young things to withered old crones, unexpectedly gaping mouths and melting faces, all present and accounted for. Spooky figures have a habit of being one place when a moving camera first catches them, then suddenly appear to be much, much closer when the shot turns back to reframe them. Two of the more distinguishable ghosts, a j-horror chic woman known as the Bent Neck Lady and a lanky floating ghoul with a cane, are genuinely unsettling. Pregnant women may want to skip the final installment. People with bum tickers may want to bypass the series' back half entirely. But the inventory of tried-and-true horror tropes are being used to more sinister ends than just the art of the boo. As a genre exercise, The Haunting of Hill House is a better-than-decent stab at a supernatural story, the equivalent of a well-executed if slightly overlong, bass solo. As a tale of what happens when the ties that bind are the same ones that gag you and scar you and occasionally strangle you to death, it's absolutely terrifying.
1: Hey, guys and ghouls. I'm Sean Reedy,
0: and I'm Katie Tool,
1: and this is Friday Night Frights,
0: a podcast about childhood memory and fucked up family dynamics. Yeah, it fucked up. That it
1: is. An understanding. D- I, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> Like, yeah, no. That's a that's one fucked up family right there.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: It's very all of a sudden, but yeah, it's it's from then on out that they are fucked.
0: Yeah, I think that's actually one of the most heartbreaking things about it. And one of the things that they did really well Mm -hmm. was establish that they were actually very happy
3: before they got to the house. Yep.
0: Like, I think Mm -hmm. that if they had been fucked up and the house just sort of, like, fed on their fucked upness, they weren't perfect. Mm -hmm. But, like, you really get the feeling that they were very good parents and that they really loved each other. And that, you know, this was a very happy family. Like, those were... Those were happy kids. Mm hmm. Until they weren't. Right. And, and that is part of what makes it so heartbreaking. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: Which, speaking of which, by the way, we're talking about The Haunting of Hill House. Yes. <laughs> the 2018?
0: 2018. Mike Flanagan's 2018 absolute masterpiece. Yes. In my opinion. Yes. Of a miniseries oh, for yeah. uh, Netflix. Mm-hmm. I fully expected. To hate this show, yeah, I did. I was like, "This is bullshit," because, you know, as as you've probably noticed from listening to this podcast, I'm a bit of a purist and a bit of a snob, and <laughs> I don't, I don't, I tend to not love remakes. Mm-hmm. And when I found out that they had sort of co opted the names and the general concepts, but had changed the plot entirely, right. From the Haunting of Hill House, which was one of my favorite books of all time, mm-hmm. and from the Haunting, which we we did last week, you know, the, not the 1999 version, right? <laughs> which again, I don't really love remix, but like the the Robert Wise version from '63, which is one of you know the finest horror films ever made. I was like, this is going to be so bad, mm-hmm. and then I watched it, and I I immediately watched it again. I literally, and I hadn't done that since I was a child. I did this when I was a child. I used to like—I'm um, dating myself—but I would get to the end of the VHS tape and then immediately rewind it and watch it again. I... <laughs> like just hit rewind and play, and I would just watch the same thing. I binged—I binge watched before that was a word,
1: right? Yeah. <laughs>
0: you know, was... I would watch it until I knew every word in that movie,
1: <laughs> and immediately my reaction to that, by the way, was like, "Age yourself." VHS tapes are that old.
2: <laughs> I don't Mm Aren't they?
1: Are they not old or am I old? Oh, got it. Got it.
0: You're not quite as old as I am, but
1: (sighs) Yeah, I'm not, but I'm older than you. What? Physically. (laughs) What? I'm physically older than you. Katie, we just discussed this. I have gout. Okay?
0: (laughs) Sean is Sean is going through (laughs) Sean is going through a flare up of gout.
1: Yes. Which I've had, by the way, for four years.
0: Right, because he was very young.
1: Right, I I I was very young when I got it, which is stupid. It's because hey, folks, hi, we're we're also a lesson podcast. Eat um things that aren't red meat and uh, sugar and basically eat uh, a vegetable. Yeah, what you want. yeah, like what like daily? Daily would be <laughs> ideal. <laughs> Have a daily vegetable. By the way, potatoes don't count.
0: Green. Green vegetables. Yes. Green. Maybe I'll orange. Eat,
1: I'll take yeah, I'll take a carrot. <laughs> I'll take cauliflower. Eat a fucking vegetable.
0: Sean of the past. Yes. <laughs> Is that what costs it really?
1: Yeah, it's uh yeah, it's like any basically anything that you like. <laughs> causes it. So I only eat so, things that I like, which don't, well, I actually really love vegetables, but I don't eat enough of them because okay. I don't know. I don't know why. But, yeah you know,
0: eating enough vegetables can be hard.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, and alcohol. Yeah, alcohol causes mm. it too. Specifically, beer and liquor.
0: I feel like this would be a great segue into Shocktail Hour. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Like speaking of, <laughs> yep. <laughs>
0: um, but yeah. Anyway, so I I did I I like i I watched this and then I I cried more than once and I immediately watched it again. Yeah. Like
1: it's it's beautiful. It's. I wish that I did that. I wish that I watched it again. It just, it ended up taking me a while to get through it. And not mm-hmm. because, it, like, I thought it was incredible.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: It just, I'm like, it's 10 hours. It's you know? a long time. It's, I don't have 10 hours to just sit there. Yeah. I'm not saying that you did. But, right. like, I just didn't, I can't, I can't.
0: Right. I think I did it, I, I think I watched it over a weekend. Yeah. Um. When I, when I. You know, I had a job where I had the weekend off. so right. I, I like had a whole weekend and I watched it once and then I watched it again.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: okay. So, my thing was that I had heard once I start, like, when I was about halfway through it and I started doing my, like, you know, crazy deep dive into something that I was now obsessed with. Right. Which is a thing I, that I do, hence podcasting. Um,
3: yeah, I mean,
0: it's in our nature. Right. Um, I found out about the hidden ghosts. Mm -hmm. And so then, once I knew about the hidden ghosts, I had to go back and watch it again and find every single one of those fuckers.
1: Okay, so I am glad that you brought that up because I am apparently, like, blind. Because I saw, like, maybe three that I didn't see the first time that I watched this.
0: They are incredibly well hidden. Yes. And it's such a brilliant move. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I think think Flanagan actually spoke to this. Like, he, he wasn't trying he wasn't trying to make them explicit. They were hidden on purpose. And it was just so it was to recreate that feeling you get when you think you see something out of the corner of your eye. Yes. Right. And you're kind of like, Oh, there's nothing there. Right. But Mm -hmm. to do that with the show there, there's one that I see every time, but even knowing where most of them are, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I have to look for them. Yeah. Like I have to know they're there and I have to look for them. It's just to create this feeling of being watched. And so that if you do notice them, it catches you off guard.
1: Well, I, what's funny is, we, so we're, as we do in every single episode, we play whatever we're talking about in the background, right? right. We're watching um, it right now. Um, we, we may or may not have, be already on episode three, which is fine. It's fine. Everything's We've fine. been
0: staring at it for the last three hours. Uh-huh.
1: It's great. It's great. Um, and I already noticed one that I didn't see before.
0: Right. Yeah, in the first episode. Sort of like, and, and it is jarring. Yeah. When you do see them, you're like, oh, right. Mm-hmm. Even if you know they're there. Right. Um, so, yeah.
1: So, what's the one that you see every single time?
0: The one that I see every single time is when they find the body in the basement. When they find, um, what? <gasps> Crane's body in the basement? The Not woman's face in the background? W- William uh, Hill's body. Yes. And, like, they, when they do the reverse shot from the body back to, like, you know, Hugh and Dudley and the cop. Uh-huh. There's a woman standing I behind did. the cop with like her hand. And it's the hand that you, that's really noticeable for me. Right. Because it's like a pretty big hand. It's like, you know, almost bright white. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the one that I can see every time.
1: I did spot that. I didn't spot it the first time that I watched it, mm-hmm. but I did spot her this time. Yeah. And yeah. I, and I, and it was like, oh, and I rewound it. Right. So. You're like, wait, <laughs> I did, did I just did, see? I did, you right? do,
0: you have this feeling of like, wait, did I just see that?
1: Well, and the other thing too is like, there's statues everywhere. So I'm like, mm-hmm. was that a statue or was that a fucking ghost?
0: It was a fucking ghost. Yes. <laughs> and putting the statues everywhere was a brilliant move. And and like, that is something that... I feel like that's something that they did as sort of an homage to the Robert Wise version. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, there are a lot of statues in the house. Yes. In the Robert F- Wise version. and they And they focus on the statues. Mm-hmm. But also like... How fucking creepy would that statue filled ballroom be?
1: Oh, yeah. Like walking in there, you'd
0: be like, oh, big nope, and moonwalk right out of there. Like, you're just not. No, sir. Sorry. No,
1: right on out. Why?
0: Why is this (laughs) happening right now?
1: No, not into it. Not a fan. (laughs) Not my design. No. No,
3: no.
0: (laughs) Although, again, let's be clear if I walked into a house like this, I'd be like, (gasps) oh. Oh
1: yeah, because yes. right because <laughs> hi ghosts, ghosts fucking everywhere. You know there's ghosts in this house,
0: right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Even if no one's died in that fucking, there's ghosts here,
0: right? It like, came
1: with the words. ghosts have traveled. Yes,
0: they're like, oh, this place looks nice, and they just settle right in.
1: <laughs> they were bought like an appliance. <laughs> I'll they take were... the stove, the microwave, and that seventeen case. ghosts.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they were installed. <laughs> Fresh IKEA. God, they had to come back. <laughs> installers had to come th- back three times because, you know, the ghost receptacle wasn't the right size. And it, was, it was a nightmare.
1: <sighs> a travesty. Yeah.
0: I think, honestly, my favorite thing about this whole show mm-hmm. is the level of nuance. Yes. Like, and and this is, this is I feel like hearkening back to The Haunting. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like this is sort of in the spirit of the 1963 version in that, like, there is this low level of subtlety and nuance that was completely absent from the 1999 version. But, like, does... You know, because you kind of think, like, well, why did he do this? Right. Like, why did he use this novel as a framework for the story that is nothing like the novel? Right. Right. But it's just the... the the overall feel of it yeah like see there was one right there see her
1: i did uh... <laughs> see okay. and that's okay yeah in the background just creeping around the corner mm-hmm. yeah which is awesome because like they don't see the ghosts and i think that's what i love about it too is that they're they're clearly in plain sight to everyone in the house
3: yeah
1: we're the only one that see them mm-hmm. that see them.
0: Yeah. Right, we have we have an extra level of perception above the characters in the show. Yes, but they, you know, but they do that in a very sort of like gentle way,
3: mm-hmm.
0: right? And it's great because then that leads you to question like how much of it are they seeing? Like there are scenes where there are scenes where it's very clear that the character on the screen is looking at the ghost and they see the ghost and they're interacting with the ghost yes but then there are other times where they're just kind of like mildly creeped out mm-hmm. or they're just like walking along yes and you're like did you see that like it, there was a, a, a guy there was a full person there <laughs> right there <laughs> you know like how much of this are you seeing
1: No, ex- exactly. Yeah, it's 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 a really interesting full. It it is a fully executed concept mm-hmm. that Mike Flanagan like massively expanded on.
0: Right. And yes, it, because it, like you have this, you have all of these connections being made that it almost is like you almost need to watch it a second time.
1: You do. No, right. I thoroughly recommend watching it a second time.
0: Yeah, if you've only seen it once, or if you're watching for the first time, just just go ahead, like, maybe take a breath after. Maybe don't start it immediately after, like I did. <laughs> you, maybe take a breath. But, like, you will notice things and you'll be like, Oh my God, that's tied in to six episodes from now.
1: Yes. Yep.
0: Um, because there, there are things that they, like, tie back. That they like call back in later episodes to mm-hmm. like the earlier episodes, but there are also things that they don't, yeah. But are still tied to later episodes,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and you're like, oh my god, that's what that was. Mm-hmm. That's what they saw, or that's what they felt, or whatever. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's it's masterful.
0: Yeah, it's just a remarkably well done ghost story Mm -hmm. and one of the ways in which it is well done is that they don't dwell too hard on the lives of the ghosts
1: no they really don't
0: because and i know i say this every time but like the the best ghost stories are about the haunted not the haunting yep right um so they're really focusing on the lives and the sort of inner lives of the characters who are experiencing the haunting and then you only get the barest details about the ghosts. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a great way to keep the ghosts scary instead of tragic. Yes, like the ghosts, the characters who become ghosts, are tragic. You feel for them, right? But like the the ghosts that get them there, you you don't you don't really feel sort of a ton of sympathy for them. Right. And well, and I think, they stay scary.
1: Exactly. And it's, and it's because like, they're part of the reason why the house is the way that it is.
0: Right. But, you know, know, and there's this great, like, there's this great chicken and egg question of like, did the ghost make the house the way it is? Or did the house make the ghost the way they are? Right. Right. Because you look at what happened with Olivia, who was before she moved into the, the house, maybe a little bit flighty and maybe a little bit, you know, out there. But, a good mother mm-hmm. and a good person. Right. And she ends up, you know, poisoning a six-year-old. Right. And it's like, I mean, that's that's quite a fall from grace there. A,
1: a, a smidge, you know. So,
0: like, what what would Poppy have been if she hadn't lived in the house? Or is Poppy right. the one that's doing it?
1: Right, because Poppy's the one that was in the insane asylum beforehand, correct? Right, so, Poppy's the blonde.
0: Yeah. Yeah. P- Poppy's the one who- talk about quackbusters
1: but before we get into all of that even though we're already diving in right and it's hard not to right like,
0: <laughs> so this is probably the most convoluted pop, plot we've ever done so uh, yes
1: so, so so
0: it's either gonna be a very long uh, episode or we're gonna have to gloss a little bit
1: a little bit um and while it is not a gout remedy um <laughs> <laughs> sure uh yeah.
0: It is, in fact.
1: Shocktail hour. hour.
2: Ooh.
0: <laughs> mm. Like butter. Like no. butter. There's no butter in the shocktail. Um, tonight's shocktail is called The Abigail. <laughs> I'm not sure about that one. Tonight's shocktail is called The Abigail. We're going. We're committing. Okay. It's happening. <laughs> um... <clears throat> And you can use it to have your very own tea party.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It is six ounces of Earl Grey tea, mm-hmm. a shot of bourbon, an ounce of apple cider. Um, you can also use either, in addition to the bourbon, or just like two ounces of... Like, just replace the bourbon um, and just use two ounces of this. We tasted... Jack Daniels Winter Jack Tennessee cider, mm-hmm. and it is fucking delicious. Yeah, it is. So, if you wanted to do that instead of the apple cider, if you wanted an ounce of that in addition to the bourbon, or if you wanted to like do two ounces of that instead of the bourbon and apple cider, you know, pick your poison. <laughs> I'm going to hell. Um, <laughs> Choose wisely. <laughs> <laughs> Put your pinky up. <clears throat> A teaspoon of maple syrup. And three ounces of the milk of your choice. We used oat milk, of course, mm-hmm. because Sean did taste it. And we're not actually trying to kill anybody tonight. Um, but <laughs> not, not intentionally. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> um, but, you know, whatever you like. Was that everything? Tea, bourbon, apple cider, maple syrup, milk. Yes. Yeah, that's all of it. Uh, served warm, of course. Yes. And it is... It is comforting, it is delicious, it is like coming home. It really is. It's like that porch light flashing twice, and mm. it's like, mmm, bourbon. <laughs> bourbon tea.
1: Warm bourbon tea. Yum. Yum. Oh, yes, once i feeling better, I will be drinking multiples of these, because oh, yeah. it's I mean, it's is, tasty. This
0: is going to be my go-to winter drink, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you're done, you're done good.
2: done
0: <laughs> <laughs> <I care>. Okay. <laughs> We could just we could just like make the Shocktail drinking liquor straight out of a bottle like Theo does many times throughout the show.
1: I mean, <laughs> I was half-tempted to recommend it. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> you want to do that instead. Wasn't she option. drinking...
1: Wasn't, wasn't... Didn't she say she was out of vodka, though? I don't want to drink straight vodka. I mean... I'm not 16.
0: <laughs> I think you'll notice if you go through the episodes... We have maybe two drinks that have vodka in them at all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're not a fan. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> so the Haunting of Hill House, again, is wildly different than the plot of the actual novel or of either of the other movies.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it is the story of the Crane family. Mm-hmm. This time they did not build the house. The house was built by a family called the Hills, which makes more sense.
1: It it does make more sense. I mean, Yeah. Yeah.
0: The Cranes have five children, Mm -hmm. which is traumatic enough. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love kids. I want kids. I don't want five of them. That's That's a a lot lot of fucking kids. kids. Uh, The parents are Hugh, right? Hugh Mm -hmm. Crane, who is of course lifted a name lifted directly from the novel. Mm -hmm. Um, His wife Olivia, who Mm -hmm. does not exist in the novel, um, is also not the name I don't believe of any of the the Crane wives who. Died. Hmm.
1: They're like we're starting fresh with her.
0: Mm-hmm. She's just her own character.
3: hmm
0: And then the children are a mixture of names from the novel and new names. Yes. Right. Uh, the oldest is Stephen. Mm-hmm. Then there's Shirley, and yes, she is named after Shirley Jackson, and it is not a coincidence that she is the mortician. Right. And the the one that is sort of a. The one that sort of deals in the liminal space between the living and the dead. Mm-hmm. It's not a coincidence that they named that character, sure. Right. Um, and then the younger children are the ones that are named after characters from the novel. So yes. Theodora
3: mm-hmm.
0: is a psychic is a psychic lesbian like she is in all of the others yep or a psychic queer woman i suppose i should say because she was bisexual in the 1999 one right um i think she's
1: bisexual in this too technically i think
2: yeah well
0: yes and uh, i don't know i mean yeah i mean you know you don't you don't really know you don't really know she never says it out loud like yes because there's the whole you mean the whole episode with kevin yeah but she like makes it very clear
1: that she didn't see him
0: that it wasn't about being attracted to him yeah so you know if if she is bisexual in this one which it's totally fine if she is but which, if she is then she's, she's sort of more toward the lesbian end of that spectrum yes you know she yeah. primarily dates women mm-hmm. might also be attracted to men but you're not exactly sure because right. she's sort of like listen no Mm-hmm. But it's also her sister's husband, so she's, you know, right. making denials for more than one reason. Um, and then Luke and Nell, who mm-hmm. are twins, right?
1: Where are you going?
0: Where are you well, going? That can't be comfortable.
1: Okay. That's fine. Go ahead. You lay there. I know. Goodness, boy. You are.
0: Um, Luke and Nell are twins of course those are also characters in the novel um, in the novel unlike really in the movies I feel I feel like Luke's a little more innocent in the movies he's just kind of like a you know spoiled rich kid but he's he's just he's sort of fine otherwise like right. he doesn't really do anything wrong mm-hmm. um, in, in the novel he's a little seedier yeah right um And so, not that not that drug addicts are necessarily seedy, but but making Luke the character who has sort of lied, who has stolen, you know, for his own gain to feed his addiction and stuff like that. That's he was he was called Luke for a reason, right? Right. And then there's Nell, Mm -hmm. and Nell is always in every adaptation. Nell is the one the house wants. Yes. And Nell is the one the house gets, oh yeah. in every adaptation, mm-hmm. um, and that is unfortunately the same here as well. And it happens very early on.
1: It does. It's interesting with with the series because there's a weird dynamic. So, in a way, Nell is like the the sub character of the of the siblings because she's not really in a lot of the show. Like, she has her own episode, but it, at least at first.
0: No, I agree. I, I completely agree. It is it is fascinating when any piece of media prefaces that a character is dead. Right. And then shows you the character. Uh-huh. Develops the character with the knowledge in your head that that character is already dead. Exactly. Um, it reminds me of, I, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but, but this happens in uh, Billy Wilder's Sunset Boulevard.
1: Oh, no, I haven't seen it.
0: So Sunset Boulevard stars uh, Gloria Swanson and William Holden. Mm-hmm. And William Holden's character, so spoiler alert, I suppose, but like literally like a 70 year old movie. So get on it. Um, <laughs> um, I think it came out in 1950. It's the same age as my mother. Um, should I say that on the air? <laughs> she doesn't care. Um, she doesn't care. <laughs> she, she doesn't care about her age. She William Holden narrates the movie, mm-hmm. but the first scene is him dead. And he's like, yep, that's me. Like, y- you know that he's already dead. Right. And he's not only... So he's your he's your voice. He's your point of view.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And you see his character develop, knowing he's already dead. Huh. Which creates this very sort of, like, weird dissociation... Right. Mm-hmm. And I think they pull that off masterfully here as well. I mean, obviously, Bill, Billy Wilder pulled it off masterfully in Sons of Boulevard because he was a master. Right. Um, but Flanagan does it well here, too. Yeah, he
1: does do it really well. And I think, well, I think the biggest thing, too, is that she's just an an amazing actress. She is. Like, and this is her first major acting role. And mm-hmm. this is what brought, I'm forgetting her name.
0: Victoria Pedretti, I believe is how you say it.
1: Thank you. Mm-hmm um like this is really what brought her into the mainstream Mm -hmm. and and it's well deserved she's like
0: and now she's in every netflix show
1: every single one you watched you because she's in it
0: yep as a wildly different character
1: oh yes
0: so the other thing about nell is that you're correct until that fifth episode where it's focused on her and then yes you are only seeing her from the point of view of the other characters. Right. hmm And she is the baby.
1: hmm
0: Like, she and Luke are twins.
1: She and Luke are twins, and, but she's technically younger.
0: She is technically the youngest child. Yes. And so... You are seeing her... You are having this character built by the perspective of her older siblings. Mm-hmm. Which is a particular perspective of a person. Yes. Right. I say this as the younger sibling. Right. Like I don't have an older sibling. Mm-hmm. But like I know that my brother has a particular view of me mm-hmm. that like if I if I were to pass, mm-hmm. right, like it would be I think extremely hard for him because I'm his baby sister, but also like just that, you know, if, if he started telling stories of me, they would primarily be of me as a child. And then yes. he doesn't, he doesn't even to this day quite see me as an adult.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. And so that's, that's the, the perspective you get, especially from Stephen and Shirley and Theo. Oh, definitely. because they're a little bit older. Right. And then Luke is more, you know, more sort of genuine just because they're twins.
1: Right. You know, so. Well, and they have a different connection because they're twins,
0: right? Yes,
1: which is made clear throughout the series,
0: mm-hmm. particularly in episode four. Yep, where he's like feeling her death,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and very clearly feeling her death, and the craziest thing for me, and like this, this is someone. I mean, obviously, I've I've never well, not obviously. I mean, I, I could have been, you wouldn't know, but I, I in fact, I've never been through heroin withdrawal. Right. Yeah. Same. I have not. Um, not judging anyone who has, but I have not. Um, but that they play it up as if, like, heroin withdrawal feels like death, right? Like he he's he keeps saying, "I don't understand. I didn't use. I don't know why I feel this way." Right. Right. Um, so the idea that he has like felt this before, mm-hmm. you know, is, is pretty. I don't know. Just sad. Well, and I think
1: I think the biggest difference is that like with the. I know I've never read the novel, Mm -hmm. but like with the the movie, like there are the main characters, but Nell is the main character of them. I feel like. In like in the original haunting. Oh, that's true. Yes. With this I think it's in a way she is. She is a standalone character.
0: Nell is an idea in this.
1: Yes. Like Mm -hmm. Every single one of the siblings are the main characters mm-hmm. and they all have an equal role throughout the film or right. throughout the film, throughout the, I mean, you could, you can almost call this a film mm-hmm. that's just 10 hours long, right. but it's <laughs> very cinematic. Yes. TV show for sure. But, um, but you no, they, they are all truly the main characters of the series. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's an interesting dynamic twist but i like that they like made her stand out in her own way towards the end.
0: Right. Yeah, i think i think once you learn that she is the net lady, uh-huh. she comes to the fore a bit more. Oh, yeah. But for the first half of this, she really is an idea because mm-hmm. she dies in the first episode and and they're all dealing with her death.
1: Exactly. Right. And so mm-hmm. it's
0: all their memories of her and mm-hmm. and you're not seeing anything from her point of view. You're only seeing their memories of her. Mhm. Right. Um but you are absolutely right, like in the nineteen sixty-three version of The Haunting, a significant portion of that film is just us looking at Nell while her voiceover plays.
3: Yeah. Like yep. she
0: is your point of view character. Mm-hmm. And in this, she is what is being viewed by these multiple points of view.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but yeah, we actually start with Stephen um, in the first episode. So it goes, it goes by, by birth order. Yes. The first episode's about Stephen. The second episode's about Shirley. The third episode's about Theo. The fourth episode's about Luke. And the fifth episode is about Nellie. Right. And then six through 10, they're all kind of mixed together. hmm Because even adult Nell, adult Nell in everyone else's episodes still acts like a child. And this speaks to Victoria Butretti's skills
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: because she acts like a child as an adult in everybody else's episode mm-hmm. and it's only when whoop. Mm-hmm. and it's only when she gets to her own episode the ne- bat neck lady episode that you you see like the the true depth and nuance of that character oh
1: absolutely right
0: but like in her interactions with her siblings you can see that from their point of view she's still the, the baby sister and she's still like a kid Yeah. And that's how they see her and that's how they perceive her actions.
3: Yes. Right. Mm -hmm.
0: And that's really... Like, she really plays five different characters.
1: Yeah, she does. Because she's
0: just a little bit different for each one. Mm Mm-hmm. You know? Um, But yeah, we start with Steven. And I I should... So I should preface this. My one complaint. (laughs) I fucking love this show. Mm Mm-hmm. I have one complaint. Shirley Jackson is probably top three finest horror novelists of all times. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she happens to be a woman. And the opening paragraph of The Haunting of Hill House is probably the best opening of a horror novel of all time. And it's one of the best openings in literature, period.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: In this, they attribute it to Stephen. (laughs) Right. Right that it was like I don't mind that Steven's the writer. Like Stephen could be the writer. It's fine. Who cares? Right? Mm-hmm. He he's writing more like um, you know, kind of like true crime books, but they're about ghosts. Right. Right? Like yeah. he's writing ghost books, but not mm-hmm. fiction. Right? He's he's writing, you know, like I'm sure we've all read them. I know I have, like mm-hmm. The Ghost of Alcatraz or whatever. He right. Even exactly. says he wrote one about Alcatraz, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he starts with writing about the haunted house that they lived in
3: Mm -hmm.
0: as a way to make money
3: because he doesn't
0: actually believe in it. Mm -hmm. But they specifically attribute the opening paragraph of the novel Haunting of Hill House to Stephen and and make it into the opening of his you know, autobiography about Hill House. Right. And that doesn't quite sit right with me Mm -hmm. that they have taken... The words of this great female novelist when it is it is so i mean it, it doesn't feel right with me when anyone's words are, are attributed to someone else but mm-hmm. especially in this case where they literally they do literally have a character they name shirley <laughs> but steven's the writer and steven's the one that wrote the opening to hill house right and I, I just it's my one complaint. I just I don't like it. And at the, every time I watch the first episode and he starts reciting it, I'm just like motherfucker. <laughs> well, you Not
1: know like you know what's funny though what? is the one sibling that has the biggest issue with him writing the book is Shirley.
0: That is true, Sean.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: I don't know if they did that on purpose, but it's brilliant. I love it. I'm pretending they did it on purpose. Because she's like, motherfucker, that's my book. Right, right. (laughs) My words. The ghost of Shirley Jackson being like, bitch.
1: Right. How fucking dare you?
0: How dare you?
1: See, I'm here to make you feel better. Thank you. I know it's not perfect, but it's at least a little...
0: No, that really is my one complaint.
1: Yeah. No, and, and I completely <laughs> understand and I agree. Like, I do.
0: Like, I don't even mind that he was the writer. I don't mind that he wrote about Hill House. It's just specifically that they decided.
1: Right. To use.
0: To use her words and attribute right. them to him. Because it's not the only time either. The um, it's... In the last episode when yeah. he was like, I am home, mm-hmm. I, I thought and I stopped at wonder at the thought, I do believe that is also a line that's lifted directly from the novel. Mm-hmm. And again, they switch back to like, oh, he's writing this. And right. It's like, no, he's not. <laughs> no, he's not. Yeah.
1: But he's also my least favorite character.
0: He's kind of an asshole. Yeah. He's kind of an asshole.
1: Yeah. He he has the least amount of depth to him, and I get that. Like, part of that is because he didn't experience. He didn't like he himself experienced the ghosts. Well, he didn't think he. did. He didn't right. He didn't think that he, didn't he did. You believe it? Yeah. Um. But like I do think that he did have some growth but I think that as a character he's a little bit bland.
0: Well, I think that honestly if if any of them was going to be the sort of true point of view character and and point of view characters are sometimes kind of flat
3: mm-hmm.
0: because they're the person into which we we kind of like insert ourselves. Right. Right. Um so sometimes point of view characters can be kind of flat.
2: Mm-hmm. It's kind of Steven. It is it is. Like, it he's is. It's kind
0: of almost like the 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 chorus of it where yeah. he's sort of off to the side and watching mm-hmm. um you know uh and then he ends up of course being the one who knows the full extent of it at the end. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, partially because he's the eldest son, which is, you know, bullshit. They could they could pass it on to whoever right. this isn't this isn't, you know Hugh Crane is not Henry the Eighth. He could have passed the house <laughs> on to any one of his children or any all of his children. Right. But you know, he said, like, you know, you're the eldest son, so this is your responsibility now, sort of. Right. Um I think that maybe is why. Mm-hmm. But he's also he's just kind of an asshole.
1: Yeah, he is kind of an asshole. Like
0: everyone else, he he has less sincerity than everyone else. Yes. Um
1: like even with he's Theo very Judgy. Yes. <laughs> he's very like judgy. And Theo's an asshole, but she's still likable. Right. Like, because Theo Theo has depth.
0: Theo has depth and, and Theo tries not to be an asshole. Like Theo yeah. will like pull herself back and be like, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I think that Theo has more self-awareness than Steven. I think that's what it is. I think yeah. that's why you like Theo more. Yeah. It's just, well, and she's funnier. <laughs> she is funnier. <laughs> she's hilarious. Yeah. But, um. And she's always hilarious. Theo is always hilarious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's yeah. always the funniest one. She in, really is always the funniest one. In all of one. the adaptations, Theo is the funniest one. Um, but yeah, so it starts with Steven. Uh, like I said, he writes ghost books for a living. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he makes a very good living, even though he doesn't believe it. So he's kind of like a grifter.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. But at the same time you get the feeling and here's where I think he does have, have some depth is that he doesn't believe it. And he thinks that his mother was crazy and he thinks that his sisters are crazy and he thinks his brother's crazy and he thinks his father's crazy. But I think <gasps> Another one. is you find one? Background, background, background. background <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It almost looks like the same one.
0: Yeah, I feel like they show that one a few times, actually.
1: Uh I mean, it's fair. They said they had, like, a hundred ghosts. So, I mean, there's only so many. Or, like, a hundred times or whatever that they had ghosts show up. So, Mm -hmm. I feel like there's only so many that they can show.
0: Well, and the whole conceit is that before they moved in, only the one family had lived there. Right. Like, several generations of the one family, but still, how many people could be there? Right. Yeah. Unless, again, we're, like, you know, you know after after factory installation of ghosts into them i bought them at ikea yeah <laughs> i told you came in a box
1: <laughs> i had to build it myself but that's mm. lost, lost the
0: arm i had to call customer service <laughs> nightmare, nightmare.
1: <laughs> the aura was dim i just needed to... <laughs> it's only 25 bucks
0: <laughs> you gotta up that <laughs>
1: And they sent four extra pegs. I don't understand why. (laughs) Oh, that's kinky. (laughs) That was unintentionally kinky. (laughs) You're welcome.
0: (laughs) So he gets a call from his sister now. While he's on like a ghost investigation. Oh, I'm sorry. He doesn't believe in the ghosts. But you get the feeling that he kind of wants to. That while he is writing these books just for the money
3: mm-hmm.
0: because that's, you know, sort of what he's become known for and it's it's made him a lot of money that he doesn't have to do the investigations. No, he doesn't. He could just listen to people's stories and rewrite them. Mm-hmm. Like the whole like trying to debunk it thing, I feel is a lot more about trying to prove to himself that... What his family experienced wasn't real. Right. At the same time, like, part of him is kind of hoping that he'll be proved wrong. Right. And that, yeah. you know, which of course he is in the end. Oh, yes. Very, very wrong. <laughs> very wrong. Very wrong. Very um, wrong. But he gets a call from his sister, Nell, who we learn sort of slowly is very troubled.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And it takes us a while to figure out all the reasons why. And there are lots of fucking reasons. Yeah. I mean, Jesus. Um, and she's worried about, you know, the the brother Luke, because he's, he's, you know, a drug addict, and she... Well, we don't know. We don't know why she's worried in the first episode. <laughs> right. Right? Uh, Shirley also gets a call from Nell. But she doesn't answer. So... Steve doesn't answer because he's talking to somebody w- with whom he's doing an investigation. Shirley mm-hmm. doesn't answer because she's, you know, talking to someone about a funeral. Mm-hmm. So both of them are dealing with death when they get that call from now. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't call Theo because they're not speaking. Right. We don't learn why until later. And she doesn't call Luke because she doesn't know where he is. Even though she really should, because she took him to that rehab.
1: Yes, but does he have a phone? He doesn't have a phone.
0: That's true. Steve, yeah, he... ha- Steve has to call the rehab just to yeah. confirm that he's there, and maybe Re- yes. she didn't think to do that. And when he she was in kind of distress.
1: Well, right, and then when uh, when Luke tries to call Steve to pick him up, he's on a payphone. Right. Yeah. So
0: true. Um. So, and then she, as a last resort, calls her father. Mm-hmm. as a last resort. Right. And you don't know why. Mhm. At first. Right. Right. You don't know why the father would be the last resort. Mhm. She doesn't call her aunt. Or at least we don't see her call her aunt.
1: No, and I don't think I don't think she does.
0: I don't think she does cuz the aunt doesn't know. Right. Like the aunt just shows up at the funeral. Mhm. Even though the aunt raised her. Right. But the aunt probably wouldn't be very receptive to talk of the Betty lady. Well, and,
1: and you got to think like, since she wasn't involved in the house at all, mm-hmm. so like anything that they would probably, they likely told her some things right? that they experienced, but
0: she would have it, then told them that
1: it's not real because they're children.
0: It's not real because they're children or that their father, right. you know, put it into their heads or, right. you know, cause I mean, you know, you, you get the feeling that there's quite a bit of animosity. You get the mm-hmm. feeling that there was a little bit of animosity between Hugh and Janet before Olivia died.
3: Yes. Much less afterwards. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so she calls her father. Her father answers the phone. Mm-hmm. And she says, Do you remember the bent neck lady? And he's like, Oh, red alert. <laughs> I'm getting on a plane. He's in Florida for some reason. We never mm-hmm. learned why. Sean and I were actually talking about this. You get, like, you get little vignettes of everybody's life,
2: mm-hmm.
0: like in between the house and the present, mm-hmm. except for Hugh
1: yeah you just see that and you it's another thing like you just happen to catch that he happens to be in florida
0: right yeah it just says like jacksonville florida and he says he's going to orlando and then he's like with them and right you never learn anything else Mm -hmm. um you get a couple of small vignettes about him in the immediate aftermath of the house right Mm -hmm. like his interview with the police right you know as they're trying to determine his involvement in olivia's death Mm -hmm. and then After he's been cleared in her death, you see a short scene with him and Stephen talking to the lawyer in family court because Janet is trying to take the kids from him. Right. And she succeeds. Yeah. Which is what you learn. Mm -hmm. You know, that part of the reason that he was the last resort and why they have such a strained relationship with him Mm -hmm. is because they actually, he did actually lose custody of them. Right. And they grew up with their aunt, Mm -hmm. their mother's sister. Who no doubt was not very charitable yeah. in her description, and you can't blame her. Like right. what he was saying was insane, <laughs> right? Like, and by any by any normal metric, if somebody started talking like that, you'd be like, "You are crazy."
1: Yeah, and also her sister died. Right. So and like, all... you're
0: crazy, and my sister ended up dead. Right. So I'm taking these kids before you can hurt them. Right. Right. So I mean, it's understandable. Her position is understandable. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't see much of her. No. And also, she's also Olivia's younger sister.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's
0: like a real quick, that's mm-hmm. like a real quick, she mentions it once that it was her younger sister. Yep. But, so Stephen goes back to his apartment because we learn that he's separated from his wife. hmm And, first he finds Luke stealing things. Yep. And he's like, cool. Mm-hmm. You give some money, he's like, just give me my stuff back and you can have this money. It's fine. Like, just don't steal from me. Um, and then he sees Nell. Mm-hmm. And Nell is just sort of standing silently in his apartment, which is creepy enough. If, like, I walked in and my brother was standing silent in my- silently in my apartment i'd be like in the dark too what the fuck are you doing
1: yeah like he flipped the light switch on and then she's there right
0: he was like, like oh thanks i needed a good scare i'd be like i would be screaming at him i'd be like oh, what are you doing here
1: right get the
0: fuck Stop it. <laughs> um but then he gets a call from him and it's so funny cuz this is such a they're so good at executing common tropes right mm-hmm. like this actually and i know that you know any any excuse to bring this up but this happens in the x-files
3: yeah.
0: Um, so at one point, actually very early on, like first or second season, I think it's the first season, mm-hmm. Scully's father dies. Mm-hmm. And it's near Christmas. So he was at her house, like the night that he died. Mm-hmm. And then, like, they leave. And then she goes downstairs and he's there again. And she's like, Oh, did you forget something? Why are you back here? Like, right. And then she gets the phone call, and it's her mother saying, Your father's dead, and she like turns around and looks at him, and he's still there, and he like starts, you know, mouthing something, right, that you can't hear, and it's very creepy, Mm -hmm. right? So this is a very like this is a a well executed trope Mm -hmm. of like he gets the call, and he's like Nell is dead, and he turns around, and she's there again, and then she like turns to stone,
3: very Mm -hmm. creepy.
0: Um, and so the next few episodes is the rest of the siblings dealing with Nell's death, how they Mm -hmm. learned of Nell's death, um, memories of her as a child. And Mm -hmm. then also like really even you're right about Steven because even the flashbacks to when they were kids, Mm -hmm. his are not as in depth as the rest of the kids. No. Even like, I think the most in depth look you get at him is when he's redoing the dresser for his mother.
1: That and then when he's helping with the basement,
0: yeah, but I mean, not That's it. not to the extent like you you don't get I think because they're doing so much like exposition in his episode because it's mm-hmm. the first episode right? um you you don't get the level of like psychological profile of that kid that you do of say Shirley or Theo right in in their episodes or even Luke mm-hmm. right Um and certainly not Nellie. So you're right. he is he is a much flatter. Character mm-hmm. than everyone else,
1: but I also think that you're right that like they they almost need, like
0: they needed that character.
1: They needed that character so you could put yourself in in issues,
0: right? Well, and, and he's the right, right? He's exactly. one who's right in the story. Yeah. So yeah, um, but yeah, so now Nelly is dead, mm-hmm. and over the next several episodes, you come to learn that while they were living in their house, living in the house. Oh, and and. Nellie ostensibly, ostensibly, committed suicide. Right. She hung herself. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. As her mother had ostensibly committed suicide. Right. By throwing herself off of a staircase. Mm
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But yes, the rest of the first half of the show is us learning about the siblings Learning about their lo- learning about their most prominent memories of the house and mm-hmm. sort of like key things that have happened to them since the house, and learning about their reaction to the death of their sister. Yes. Shirley largely became an undertaker because she was impressed by how the undertaker who, um, now the not the the mortician that. Um, Involved her mother had had fixed her. Right. Right. And she wanted to fix things. Mm-hmm. And so she became a mortician. <laughs> Theo became a psychologist largely because it's pretty easy for someone who can feel whatever you're feeling when she touches you.
1: Yep. <sighs> How does it make you feel? Touch. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. Yep. Sure. Let me write down my little note. Mm hmm. Which I love I like I th- I love the backstories of all the characters, of course, mm-hmm. but Theo's might be one of my favorites mm-hmm. because it it was a really interesting way to tie in uh, child abuse.
0: Yeah,
1: like in a different way.
0: right. Yeah. <laughs>
1: because uh in Theo's episode you see her uh, because she is she's spe- generally specifically a therapist for um orphaned kids
0: yes kids in the foster care system yes and so again I'm I'll, I'll let you continue but like no, no. you see the ways in which their experiences as children mm-hmm. informed their choices as adults definitely for sure But yes, she, mostly foster kids. Yes. And,
1: uh, and, and you end up watching her feel what this girl that she's, uh, that she is the therapist of felt Mm -hmm. when she was raped in the basement of her foster family's house.
0: Right. By her foster father.
1: Yes. Um, and it was, that was a really, really, really well done and very intense scene.
0: Yeah. It's a tough scene to watch. Yeah. A tough scene to watch, yeah.
1: Um, she has an insane ability to be like to evoke emotion
0: with her face, yes. Kate Siegel, you mean, yeah, yeah Kate like, yeah, Kate, Kate Siegel like, can like use her expressions very effectively, right? Well, wasn't she the main actress in Hush, too? I believe so. I mean, <laughs> so I mean, probably because yeah. she's in
1: everything, right?
0: That he does, but right, exactly. <laughs> but yes, I think she was, yeah, so yeah, I mean. Theo doesn't talk much.
1: No, she doesn't. When it, when she does, it's mostly it's a lot of one liners and like a lot of sass. Right, yeah. A but, lot of zingers. Yeah.
0: But like a lot of her a lot of her contributions to the scenes that she's in are with her face. Yeah. And her expressions. Mm-hmm. She's a good anyway. crier too. Oh, she's a great crier. Whew. I love it when Steve is like um describing them all and he describes the you know, as a clenched fist with hair. <laughs> it's yep. like it's so true. Yeah, it's true. Um, but yeah, in her episodes you see sort of like her discovering this power while she's in the house. Yes. And it's sort of like it's kind of this like back and forth of very often in sort of any kind of, of media or literature where a child has powers Right around the age of like eight to twelve, like at the very beginning of puberty. Right. They discover it. Mm -hmm. But it's also like, is it that or is it just the influence of the house? Right. But she still had it after she left the house.
1: Well, and there was a conversation that she had with
0: With Olivia. Right. Where Olivia like implied that she herself was a little bit psychic and that her mother had been too. Yes. So like really the worst possible family.
1: Yep. To move into this to house. To move into this house. Because,
0: like, <laughs> they all had these, they had these sort of, like, extrasensory uh, sensitivities yes. to the paranormal. Mm-hmm. And here they are. Right. In, like, you know, paranormal soup.
1: Yes.
3: <laughs> Good soup. Good soup. <laughs> no soup for you.
0: <laughs> to Stephen, they were like, no soup for you.
3: No. No, no.
0: Except he was. Yep. Yeah. The whole time. <laughs> seeing ghosts the whole time. The whole time. Um, Oh, I will also say, and I know I've said this before, um, because I was traumatized by the others.
3: Uh, Fair.
0: That I was convinced that the Dudleys were ghosts the entire time. (laughs) Until the very end. I was like, there's no way! Because Annabeth Gish's character, blah, blah. Annabeth Gish's character has such an old fashioned air to her. Yep. Um, speaking of the X-Files, right. Monica Reyes, uh-huh. <laughs> um, I was like, ah, look, it's my baby. Um, <laughs> I love the X-Files. <laughs> probably not surprising, but it's not, no. but in a good way for nobody. Um, <laughs> but she has such this, they both kind of do this sort of like, you know, closed off and they were talking about like, you know, Mr. Lovely talks about being born in the house and like, right. You know, they would have been born, like, they had a child the same age as Nell and Luke. So they would have been born in, like, the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> like, they would have only been born in the 70s. Like, well, they would have been... Well, well it was well,
1: in the 90s. So they probably would have been born in, like, the the, the 60s, maybe 50s. Maybe. If, 50s if we're... Well, no, because they wouldn't be 40. They would be, like... They, they were would in, be their in 30s. the 30s. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, like, they would have been, like, late 60s, early 70s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. To be that age in 1992. Right. And they just seemed so much older than that. Yes. You know, to the point where they seemed too too old to have Abigail. Right. And they did say that they had a child before her. They did. But, like, Hugh and Olivia had five kids. Right. And, like, Steve was, like, 13. Yep. You know, and they were all the same age. So, Mm -hmm. you know, they had to be in, like, their late 30s at the most. Yes. And they just seemed so old. And you're sort of led to believe, okay, one of my favorite things about the series and the twist at the end Mm -hmm. of, like, what exactly happened is that you are led to believe for the entire show that Abigail is a ghost.
3: Yes.
1: but she's
0: not a ghost until the end.
1: (sighs) I know I fucking love that. I mean, I hated but,
0: it, but I loved it. I mean, it's it's tough to watch. Yeah. I mean, like, oh, you're actually gonna show us this little girl being poisoned by strychnine? Okay, we're just gonna sit here and watch this happen. Sure. Oh, sounds good. Cool. Great Flanagan. This love is a good it.
1: time. Love it. Love it. Um. Well, and it was a really good. They, they did a really good job with that because, like, especially with like the pictures that Luke was drawing and everything, like, it, they did make it seem like it was it was a ghost that was on the property that was. That, like... Just had to be a little girl. Right. Like, yeah. And I, I figured, like, the the backstory would come into play at some Somewhere. point.
0: Yeah, you would learn who that was.
1: Right. But you're like, well, maybe she died in the woods or something like that. Mm-hmm.
0: But she was buried out there. She was buried out there.
1: Well, near the... In, in her favorite garden by the...
0: Right. Yeah. But when Luke was seeing her, 100% real little girl. Yeah. Yep. Like... Just sneaking out of the house. Just sneaking out of the house. And just dressed in an old-fashioned manner because they were keeping her hidden and they were just, like... Dressing her in hand-me-downs. Yes. Can we also talk about how, like, there's a 26-year difference between a grown man and his slightly... Old, like, his 26-year-old older self, and they used two different actors. And they look like. Don't get me wrong. They look alike. But, like, you know, again, you wouldn't need... Let's go back to my mother. Like, you wouldn't need a different actor from, like, no. my mother in 1992 to what she looks like now. Right. You might have to put a little makeup on her. Mm-hmm.
3: like...
0: <laughs> Just two completely different actors. Yeah.
1: I know I was I was trying to figure it out because I knew that like like I knew um Timothy Hutton. Think no. The other one. The other one.
0: Right?
1: Which is who, the one was in E.T. Uh Henry Thomas. Henry Thomas, Jesus. So yeah, the younger one. Like the I younger. knew that he was wearing uh contacts.
0: Right. a Ridiculous contact
1: Yeah, they were a little too
0: intense. Like Timothy Hutton's eyes don't look like that. No. Like yeah, they're blue. They're not that blue. No. Like, it made him look almost sinister. Yes. Like, like his eyes. Like he looked weird.
1: Yeah. Like Timothy Hutton normal blue eyes.
0: Right. Normal blue eyed man. <laughs> Henry Thomas in the contacts.
1: They were he like super like possessed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what are we doing here? But, it's but fine. yeah,
0: if you if you did not know that, actually, the the younger Hugh Crane, the 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 father in the flashback scenes,
1: mm-hmm.
0: was Elliot in E. T.
1: Yes. Yep, sure was.
0: The name is Henry Thomas. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah.
1: So, just to kind of give a maybe a brief run through of like the, the other siblings, mm-hmm. just to give them like the. What they can do or whatever, and then like what what's happened to them. So like, so we already talked about Stephen.
0: Stephen, and we talked about Theo.
1: And we talked about Theo, um, and we kind of talked. We talked about Shirley kind of too.
0: Yeah, Shirley doesn't really have any powers.
1: So. No, she she the only thing that she does have though is that she talks in her sleep. And she does. And whatever she's saying is something that is going to happen.
0: Right, or has happened.
1: Or has happened.
0: She talks about things in her sleep that ha- are happening or have happened outside of her waking perception. Yes. Things that she as, you know, awake Shirley would not know are happening or have happened. Mm-hmm. But she talks about it in her sleep. Right. So her, you're right. Her her dreams have some kind of power. Mm-hmm. It would appear.
1: Well, like when um when Nell dies, when she wakes, when mm-hmm. Shirley wakes up, she says Nellie's, Nellie's in the, in the red, red, room, red room, and then wakes up.
0: Even though, to her knowledge, as a waking person, none of them had ever been in the red room.
1: Right. Exactly.
2: Ugh, like they never love, got it.
1: Fucking love that twist. Um. I did not catch that. I forgot about it the second time I watched it too. Completely forgot about it.
0: Oh yeah. When he's like, I never built you a tree house. You're right. like,
1: oh, uh, right. What? What? Do what? You, what do you mean? What do you mean?
0: And uh, then when they're going through and they're like, you know, this room for this person and this room for this person. Right. And then when you do watch it again and you catch those little moments, like, did we say this already? No, I think we said it before we started recording. Like when someone will mention their room, mm-hmm. right? Like when Steve says it was in the game room mm-hmm. or the TV room, whichever one he calls it. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. I think he says game room. I think it's game room. Yeah. Um, And someone else is like, what?
1: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: Right. And you just kind of have this feeling like until you know what the twist is, that all of those rooms are the red room. Right. You, it kind of just blows right past you mm-hmm. because you know different people might call especially in a house that big and right. that old right with so many rooms mm-hmm. like what do you call the ballroom right you know like what what do you call the solarium what do you call the library you know what I mean like everyone could have a different word for
1: right especially with their're children
0: especially when the children right? right like you know this could be this could be my castle room right like what the fuck do you mean right, right? like kids
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, <laughs> kids do things. They say things. They're weird sometimes. Um and and they always just and the person who's the person who's involved in the conversation always kinda blows it always kinda brushes it off, right? right? Like he's like, the game room and she's like, What? And he's like, upstairs. Mm -hmm. And she's like, Oh. (laughs) Like like, it doesn't you know, she doesn't like which room is the game room? Because like, who cares? It's the room he's playing games in.
1: Right. And if they focused on it, then it would make it a lot lot more obvious. But they're like, hey, pay attention to this part
0: right i mean they're they're telling you the whole right.
1: time well and the most obvious aspect of it is that with each and every single room it has the same exact window it has that same tiny rectangle window yep all of them right even the treehouse
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is weird
0: right yeah like once once you know and you look back at the treehouse and and maybe i mean maybe i'm just dumb maybe like everyone else figured this out right away <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, same. It's a possibility that there were plenty of people who were like, that treehouse isn't real. But, right. like, when you look at the treehouse, like, it's ridiculous to assume that that was a real place.
1: Right. Like... That's a huge fucking treehouse. It's
0: the biggest treehouse that's ever existed. Right. <laughs> it's got a glass window. Right. Like, it's got a bright red door.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Like, trap door into it. Right. You never see it from the outside. You no. never see the tree.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Like y- you realize that it does look kind of like like a green screen room,
1: yeah, it does,
0: you know, like they're they're not they're not trying that hard to fool you, but you're fooled anyway, right, right, which is kind of how the house works,
3: mm-hmm.
0: like the house really isn't the house isn't isn't sort of being realistic mm-hmm. to any of them it's not it's not showing them things that are really you know it's not trying that hard because it doesn't have to, right. Because you only see what, you often only see what you already believe. hmm Right. Um, unless you're five. Right. Right. And that's why the twins were the most, you know, touched by right. the supernatural. And then mm-hmm. the older the person got, the sort of further away from it they were. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is why Steve was the one who was in the most denial. Right. Right. And Hugh, actually, Hugh, until that last night... Mm-hmm. Where like, suddenly all of the ghosts were standing behind him. Right, and you still never know if he actually saw those or not, mm-hmm. because like he was looking around for Liv. That's right. who he was afraid of, and that's who he was looking for. Right, but like, did he look right through all those ghosts, or did he see them all? I mean, I think he saw them all because I think once I think yeah I think he did I think too. once he caught Liv trying to kill the kids, it was like everything revealed itself to him. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. because. You know, part of part of the metaphor here is that he was in denial about the whole thing, yeah. Until his wife killed a child, <laughs> and then he could, sort of like couldn't be in denial about it anymore because <laughs> his wife killed a child. Um. Yeah. But up until that point, he he didn't see a single ghost. The kids did. Lived did. Yep. He didn't.
1: And speaking of the twins, mm-hmm. um, so we have Luke. Luke. Um, he ends up, um, so he does see ghosts as a child, mm-hmm. um, lots of them, lots of them. And as an adult, he ends up becoming a, a drug addict mm-hmm. um, Heroine, to basically. heroin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and tries multiple times to recover, but just can never manage never to do it until, until towards the very end.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't. Really, from the time he enters rehab for the last time, when Nellie takes him and she yes. buys him the heroin, from then on, he never actually takes heroin again. No. Even in the Red Room.
1: It's not heroin. It's not heroin! <laughs> no.
0: I don't know how he survived that. I don't know how he survived that either. I mean, it was magic, because it's a ghost movie, but like, right. or a ghost show, but... I, I think if you injected yourself with rat poison, you would die. Yeah, I'm pretty or, sure. Or, I mean, if if something if injected you with rat poison, you would die. I, I mean, like, you know, I with a little girl
1: dying of uh, of rat poison in a little teacup that just happens to be mixed into the tea, I think, yeah. I think, yeah, if you get rat poison directly into your veins, you're probably not going to survive. No,
0: I mean, yeah. It's, let's be clear. It is strychnine. Yeah. Like, that's what that is. It's mm-hmm. like, I mean, I don't even think they ma- make rat poison of strychnine it anymore. Right.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But like, strychnine will kill you and kill you quick and it's ugly. Yeah. Like, it is not a good way to go.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, that,
3: watching is him why, is ugly.
0: Well, yeah, which which is why it's like, you're kind of like, whoa, you're actually watching us watch, you're actually having us watch a six-year-old die of strychnine poison. Yep. Um, but yeah, but... When they're adults, no one, no one trusts Luke because he's an addict. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. you know, as, as sometimes happens, he has, he has stolen from them. He has lied a lot. He has mm-hmm. broken a lot of promises, right. but there is this thread that goes all, again, you see this, like, you know, these threads that, that sort of reach all the way back into their childhoods where no one ever believed him about anything. Mm-hmm. Like everyone always thought he no, was making stuff up.
1: Every, all the time.
0: No matter what happened to him, everyone always thought he was making it up. Everyone mm-hmm. thought he had an overactive imagination. Everyone thought he was just a scaredy cat. Right. Right. And the thing was that he, like Nell, and really they were the only two who continued to see the Hill House ghosts mm-hmm. after they left Hill House. Yeah. Like, Theo was still psychic. hmm And, like, they were all still kind of, like affected Mm -hmm. but that the actual ghosts were kind of following them around it was really just the twins yep and what you find out about luke is that every time he tried to get sober he started seeing the ghosts again Mm -hmm. and being deliriously high on heroin made the ghosts go away right which makes sense um
1: which is interesting because you think you would think the opposite
0: you would except these ghosts are real Exactly. Like, if they were hallucinations, you would think it was the opposite. Right, but they're not. But these ghosts are real. He's escaping his reality. Right. Which is kind of mm-hmm. what drives are for. <laughs> but, but yes, so you go through all of these different, uh, you go through all of these different point of views and, and again, they are almost, they are almost building, they're almost building an outline of Nell. Yeah. That doesn't get Mm -hmm. filled in until you get to her episode. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that you do know about Nell is that she repeatedly, as a child and as an adult, Mm -hmm. well, A, that she's, you know, if, if you're talking about this as not a ghost thing and like a real thing, that she suffered from sleep paralysis. Yes. And I can tell you, I have suffered from sleep paralysis in my life. Oh, really? It does not happen so much anymore. Mm-hmm. It is one of the most terrifying experiences of my life. Like, I, I, you know, I have seen things walking out of closets. Mm-hmm. I have seen... Um, <laughs> I saw a giant plant that kind of looked like Audrey 2 once coming at me. Um. Always just like in these black silhouettes. Yeah. You know, and that, that feeling of... Of being in a dream and knowing that you're dreaming and trying to scream and not being able to scream because like you can't open your mouth Mm -hmm. and like hearing the, like it's actually those, those scenes where she's in the sleep paralysis mode are actually kind of hard for me to watch.
1: That's because
0: it's a very good depiction of what that experience is like. Um, so yeah, so she, you know, it doesn't, I mean, knock on wood, it doesn't happen anymore <laughs> but there was a time in my life where um i would have both recurring nightmares and mm-hmm. o- occasionally a sleep paralysis or like that kind of like waking nightmare type
1: right. of thing um it's interesting because i i had i didn't get the sleep paralysis but i did have very vivid like i remember seeing things mm-hmm. very vividly as a child like i remember wa- watching something walk down my hallway it wasn't real right but i remember seeing it
0: right and how do you know how do, you, how do you tell? As right. a child, how do you tell what is real and what is not? Right. right. Um, This was actually... I was an adult. Oh, interesting. I was an adult when this was happening. So, like, mm-hmm. I, I knew it wasn't real. hmm But it sure as fuck felt real. Right. And, like, I had... And the paralysis is so creepy. Like, um... I had a, uh, I had an episode once where I was... It was when I was I was... I was, you know, not with my... I was not with my current fiance, this was a long time ago. I was with an ex. But we were laying in bed and in my dream I turned to her and it wasn't her anymore. It mm-hmm. was like a person, like kind of a shadow person with a white mask on.
1: Weird. And that person
0: that person had their arm over me mm-hmm. like as if we were cuddling. Right. But they were kind of like almost like a dummy, right? Like they were kind of like not quite alive. Mm-hmm. And I was like, let me up. Let me up. Like, mm-hmm. in the dream, I was like, let me up. And I couldn't get up. And, like, Wait. what I realized later was that it was because I was in a sleep paralysis right. episode, right? Like, that I couldn't move because I couldn't move. Right. But, like, that my mind actually inserted something into the dream that was keeping me from moving. Right. And it was scary as fuck.
1: Yeah, I bet. Yeah, no, that <laughs> sounds like a bad time.
0: scary. And I used to... I also had this weird thing where, like... um the thing I had to do to... Because I would have these recurring nightmares. We could do a whole mini-sode about my nightmares. But... <laughs> sure, it has nothing to do with the fact that I've been watching fucking horror movies since I was five years old. Definitely not. Since <laughs> so I was their age. Right, right. Um, but... I would have these recurring nightmares where, like, I, I would go to turn on a light and the light wouldn't come on and then something terrible would happen.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, and sometimes it was... Sometimes that was associated with, like, these sleep paralysis episodes. Mm-hmm. Where, like... I would go to turn on the light. The light wouldn't turn on. I would quote unquote wake up and then I would see something. Right. Or hear something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would, you know, quote unquote wake up, try to turn on the light. It wouldn't go on. And like this would happen four or five times in a row until I finally actually woke up and was able to turn on the light. Ooh. But I had to turn on that light because I honestly did not know if I was out of the dream until the light came up.
1: Right. Wow.
0: Yeah. They were bad. They were bad. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Well, I mean... I, Have a guess of what caused them but um like just extreme stress but like that's clearly i've learned to deal with in healthier ways now right um but yeah there was a good like five or six years where this happened a lot Mm -hmm. and then one day it just kind of stopped um so she suffers from sleep paralysis and she has Mm -hmm. since she was a kid And, but she sees one, mine were always different. It wasn't like a, it wasn't like a consistent figure. It was always, like I said, one of them literally looked like a giant Venus flytrap that was trying to eat me. Which like, once I actually woke up, I realized how ridiculous that was. But, but But I mean, it's still in in the moment. In the moment, I was like, oh my God. Right. This is very scary. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) That's exactly what it, is exactly the reaction I had. (laughs) Oh my God, this is very scary. (laughs) (laughs) But... She always sees the same thing, and it is a woman who is standing there or floating there with her head cranked to the side.
1: Mm-hmm. And her neck clearly broken.
0: Her neck clearly broken. Yeah. Although that becomes more visible later on. Later on. Yeah. Like, the closer you get to learning the truth about the bent neck lady, the more her neck becomes visible. Mm hmm. Like at first, you just sort of see her face, and then you see kind of because her hair is kind of covering it, right?
1: Right. So you don't see that, her that it looks. Broken.
0: Yeah. Right. Like you could, in the first few viewings of the bent lady, you could sort of imagine that she's just like turning her head to the side and looking at her like that, right? Which is like a deranged way to look at somebody and very mm-hmm. scary. Um, but. She finally seeks treatment, like actual treatment, for her sleep paralysis.
1: Right, because she experienced it all of her life, like from adulthood. Yeah,
0: it's not just in the house. Right. It starts in the house, mm-hmm. but she experiences it many times after the house, mm-hmm. um, and she made some amends. Mm-hmm. who's like literally the sleep tech who's treating yeah. her for the sleep paralysis yeah. which would be very handy if you could suffer from sleep paralysis well, it, to be sleeping with a sleep tech
1: it ends up being so because he ends up like literally talking her through getting waking up again
0: right a couple of times a right? couple of times until until unfortunately not well he does and then he
1: right so well and that's the interesting thing is that her sleep paralysis never actually goes away but the bent neck lady does from the time that she meets Arthur until right. the moment that he dies.
0: Right. And she still... That's true. Because she, she still has a couple of episodes of sleep paralysis. But she doesn't mm-hmm. see the, that maybe like, She just can't move. Right. Like, she just... Because she knows, right? Like, mm-hmm. she knows she's in it. And he's like, okay. All right. Let's, mm-hmm. you know. Let's go. Okay. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> and it's fine. You're fine. You're breathing. Mm-hmm. You can breathe. You're alive. It's fine. Um... <laughs> but yes she meets Arthur Vance which is how Eleanor Crane becomes Eleanor Vance right. which is the name of her character in the novel and the other movies right um, so she meets this man they fall in love mm-hmm. it sounds like you know her life is, is going to improve and like some of these nightmares that she's had are going like he's helping her through it and that she's going to have this beautiful life hmm The song that plays at their wedding Mm -hmm. is such a gorgeous song and I will forever associate it with this show. Mm -hmm. And like, it's, it's not at all a sad song. Right. But if I hear it outside of this show, it's, it registers as a sad song to me. Even though it's like a very romantic song. Right. because she's so happy she marries him. They're they're doing great. They've they're still in their honeymoon phase. I mean, what does it say like they've been married for I think 8 months?
2: Yeah, it was ish. like 8 months. Yeah, yeah. I think it says
0: like 8 months later. Um and <laughs> she has an episode of sleep paralysis and he's like, "Hold on, I'm going to turn on the light." So maybe there's something to my light thing. Maybe like turning on the light helps snap you out right, of it. Right, right. Um I'm going to go turn on the light and he stands up and then he falls down dead. Yeah. Because he had a brain aneurysm. Mm-hmm. And she looks up, and she sees the Bennet lady. Mm-hmm. And that's the first time she'd seen her. Right, but that's the last time she sees her. Several more times before she dies.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: When you finally do see Nell die, and you learn that it was kind of a suicide,
1: it was. I feel like it was a, a suicide in the same way
0: Olivia's was. Olivia's was
1: like, right. it looks like a suicide because no one actually physically touched her.
0: Right. Technically. But the house made her do it. Okay?
1: Yes. Like Nell is on one side of the railing one moment and on the other side, the next.
0: Right. And then and loses like, her footing. Right. And she does, she doesn't want to die. No. Like she's, she's trying to, she's trying to hold on to the railing. Right. Like she doesn't, she doesn't do it on purpose.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but is in that moment. I also did not figure that out. Did you figure out who the neck Lady was before that reveal? Nope.
3: I didn't either. No, not at
1: all. I was
0: like, when it dropped to that first scene, and like you see her looking at herself, and I'm like, oh my god. The neck Lady is not a ghost. The neck Lady is a premonition. Yep. Because Nell is also psychic, which you mm-hmm. don't know until that moment. Yep. When you realize that what she's been seeing her, own li- her whole life is herself hanging dead.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And in her moment of death, she, as the neck lady, realizes this. Mm-hmm. And so like every scream and every like crazy noise and whisper that the neck lady has ever made when Nell saw her was actually just Nell in the moment of her death realizing yes. that she is the neck lady. Yep. Which like, I'm not sure there is anything in this show that's more terrifying. No. I'm not sure there is anything that's more terrifying.
1: The, I think the main moment that got me is when she whispered no, 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 yeah. no. That, I'm like, no, no, fuck. No, 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 no. Like.
0: Because she, because that's the first time she sees herself as a child. So yes. like, that's when she realizes that her entire life the Betnik mm-hmm. lady has been her. Yes. Stop it. Too much. Um. But yeah, this this Heavenly Day song is like, not at all sad. It's not a sad song at all, but like, in my mind, it's a very sad song. Right, it's associated with Nell.
1: Exactly. Is <laughs> associated with Nell and and Arthur.
0: And Arthur and like they're right the like the like tragedy of both of them. Yes. One of my one of my favorite parts, and I guess I guess I can speak to this like right. One of my favorite parts is like the different dynamics between the siblings before mm-hmm. the shit hit the fan, and like right. how they talk about the other siblings. Right, right, because that's also a thing. I mm-hmm. feel like I only have one sibling, so I guess I don't know, but. Like, I, I feel like that is a thing when there are, say, multiple siblings. Mm-hmm. That, like, the individual relationships between each of the siblings mm-hmm. is different. And then how they, as a pair, view the next sibling yes. is also a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I can say this, you know, it's the dynamic of, of watching, you know, my, like my mom and my aunts, for example. Mm-hmm. right? Like, they have, they have these particular relationships between the three of them as the three of them and then each of them individually with each of the others and then how they view the third one <laughs> yep when they're together <laughs> Yep. <laughs> right like
1: same right absolutely yeah. same
0: um mm-hmm. but again I mean I don't like I said I only know that from the outside because I only have the one sibling and you do too
1: biologically yes I have three stepsisters
0: you do <laughs> I knew that <laughs>
1: but i also don't see them as often but at the same point i also have that for them
0: right yeah you yeah. like you it's still it's still there mm-hmm. yeah were they how old were you when they came into your life
1: uh 11 or 12
0: okay so still a kid
1: yeah i was still yeah. relatively young because so my parents got divorced when i was like eight right yeah so
0: and then they were your stepdad's daughters yes okay yep okay
1: So yeah, maybe eleven. Like I think my mom dated one other guy, right? That I knew about at least, right? Yeah. And
0: then it got serious enough that she was like, right. "Here are my children." Right. Um. Also, can we briefly talk about like Arthur's death gets me because like the way that actor like played that.
1: Oh God.
0: Is actually really terrifying. Like yes. the idea that you can just be like, don't, dope, do dope, dope, dead is like really scary. Yes. <laughs> scarier than, I mean, scarier than anything like ghosty that happens in, well, in this show. And
1: it's one thing to like talk about a brain aneurysm because right. it's so quick. Right. It looks incredibly fucking painful.
0: It does. And also his head whips to the side. Uh-huh. Right. So yep. like he all of a sudden has a bent neck. Right. As well. Mm-hmm. Here's a question. Do we think that Nell and Luke remembered the night in the red room with the tea?
1: I think that they didn't. I don't think that they did either. Or I they don't... thought it
0: was a nightmare.
1: Or they just repressed it. Right. I think that it, I think that they just straight up repressed it. Because they remembered it once it, they like re experienced it. Right. But I think that they did block it out
0: because they still have, well, and there actually is a conversation, a brief conversation that, that they all have right before when they're in the funeral home Mm -hmm. during my favorite episode, (laughs) um, where Theo asks Luke how much of their mother he remembers. And he's Mm -hmm. like, not much, honestly. Right. Right. Um, And that I, I think that Luke believes that Abigail was a ghost the whole time. Yeah. The reason I ask that mm-hmm. is because in the in Nellie's episode, mm-hmm. um, you see that she finds the the tea set with the cup of stars, which is the tea set that, you know, is involved when. Olivia is trying to kill them. Right. And she kills Abigail. Uh, and then when she's an adult, she's drinking out of a coffee mug that has stars on it. Mm-hmm. And you would think that if she remembered that, she would not buy a coffee mug that had stars on it. Right. Right. That it's still, she still has like fond memories mm-hmm. of that tea set. Right. So I'm thinking they must not remember what was happening there. Right. Right or they didn't understand it cuz they were too little.
1: Yeah, I mean they were very young. So yeah. I like I think that I think that it's most likely that they just don't they don't remember. Right. It's they were yeah. just too young for it. And and I think they were too young and and automatically repressed it.
0: I mean, yeah. Cuz it's yeah. Pretty dramatic. But yes, yeah, so we learn that Nellie has has actually been having premonitions all of her life and that the bent neck lady is not in fact a ghost, it's a premonition. Exactly. Of her own death, mm-hmm. which is just very sad. Just a very sad character.
1: Yes.
3: Um.
0: Well, and then
1: it, and it's like you, you get this full story of Nell, mm-hmm. and it's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, hey, you want to see something worse? Her funeral. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we could have done this entire episode about the funeral episode. Yes. I think. Like, I... I think I made the joke that I could do an hour long podcast about the camera work in yep. the two storms episode mm-hmm. because it is fucking brilliant. Like the camera works good throughout the entire show. Oh yeah. But it's, it's different in that episode. It's like, yeah. cause that's like the, the pivot point of the show. Mm-hmm. Because once that happens, we are, we are primarily dealing with, well, I guess we're not primarily dealing with the present, but we're sort of barreling toward the end.
1: Yeah. Well, that's like the first five episodes are each are about each individual.
0: Yes. And, they, then... and they're all reliving, reliving sort of the same day and yes. their flashbacks. Exactly. So it's like the day or the day or two, right? Like the day and maybe the day after they learned that Nellie was dead. Uh-huh. And then suddenly everything is accelerating forward. Yes. Very quickly. Yes. (laughs) It starts to escalate Mm -hmm. very
1: quickly. And it's, and it's truly about all of them. Mm -hmm. It's about all of them equally. Mm
0: -hmm. But yeah. And, and it's the first time that they're all together. Once they find, you know, they find Luke, they bring him, but no, from the very beginning, when Hugh walks in Mm -hmm. and there is that shot where the camera, where the camera circles his head and all of them are kids. And then it circles his head again. And all of them are adults. And you, I can't find the cut. No. Right? And then they're walking through Shirley's house and suddenly they're in the old house. Mm-hmm. Right? And just the... Oh, my
1: God. That transition. Oh.
0: Woo! Oh,
1: my God. That transition.
0: Not to mention how unbelievably gut-wrenching that episode is, like, mm-hmm. story-wise. Yes. But just, like, the... The filmmaking,
3: yeah, it oh, was... that episode is so good. Yeah,
1: it was so good. It was the probably the best. Yeah, I would say that was the best, the best filmed mm-hmm. episode.
0: Oh yeah. So, um, the part that honestly, the part that gets me the most mm-hmm. is Steve's reaction to seeing her.
1: Yes, that was the first time that I started crying.
0: Yeah. Like I, I started crying when he, because like, can you I mean, this is baby sister. Like, can you imagine?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? Like, I mean, it's just like, and he's already, he's already lost his mother, and I think you know, he and Shirley both feel a lot of guilt because they didn't mm-hmm. answer the phone. Yeah. When she called, mm-hmm. and you know, she called him first, but yeah, when he goes up there and he's just like, the and just the acting, like the the. The actor there is just like brilliant, or mm-hmm. just like, Yep, that's her. All right, that's Nellie, and she's dead. And like his voice gets real high, yeah. and then he like starts to like stumble away. Oh my god, it's insanity! Like that, that whole,
1: yeah, that that the, basically anytime that any of them walked up to go look at Nell,
0: you started crying. I started crying,
1: yeah, any single time. And it was, I think it was Steve, like Steve did a uh, like that was a great job. Of, like, providing, like, a real emotional response. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And Luke.
0: Yes. Well, because you... But you expected it from Luke.
1: You do expect it from Luke.
0: Right? Like, I think that's why Steve got me, is that, like, Steve is all acting big brother, and he's like, come on, Luke, we're gonna go up there together. Like, he's 100% there for Mm -hmm. his brother. Right. Which is, you know, they kind of... They they tie that in, of, Mm -hmm. like, how they always have the special bond... Like, obviously, Nellie and Luke had a special bond because they were twins, but that um, Stevie and Luke also did because they were the boys. Right, exactly. And they were kind of, like, in the minority Mm because they were the three girls and the two boys. And so, like, he was... And because they were, like, the oldest and the youngest, kind of. Right. Uh, Kind of. Even though... Because he and Nell were the same age, essentially. Mm -hmm. Other than, what do you say, two and a half minutes? Right. Um, And so he's like, you know, we're going to take you up there. And then he breaks down first hmm Like, he breaks down before Luke does. Yep. Luke just kind of stands there and stares her f- for a second. And he reacts with anger. Like he, well, he storms out and he's like, it's not fucking fair.
1: Yeah. Well, that that was, and that was a second attempt. The The time that it got me was when he couldn't even get up there.
0: Oh, when he, like, start before Stevie yeah. took him. Yeah. Yeah. When he was just like, I can't do this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, bleh. Yeah. It's bad.
1: It was, it was just so real.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, everyone's reactions were, mm-hmm. you know, the. You could see all of them. It was so true to character for all of them, all like of how, them. like Theo mm-hmm. shut down. Yeah, And mind you, part of that is because she was in her like you know, mm-hmm. death knell. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my God, my God. God, that was bad even for me. But, um, but you know, that's how she would react today. Anyway. She sat, shut down. She wouldn't let anyone touch her because mm-hmm. she didn't want to take on their grief too. Exactly. Um, and she was drinking. Right. A lot.
1: And and Shirley's response with basically pretending it's not happening.
0: Right. Pretending that she was just the funeral director. Right. Right. Like this was mm-hmm. just her job. Right. And it wasn't her sister. Mm-hmm. And this wasn't her family. Right. She was just hosting this funeral. Mm-hmm. And she was she was going to make it right. You know, Stevie, Stevie pretending that he was tough and able to handle it, but then couldn't. Mm-hmm. And Hugh really being more concerned about his kids, the rest of his kids. Right. You know, despite his own
2: mm-hmm.
0: unimaginable grief.
1: Right. Because that's really what he, that's how he was the entire time. They just didn't know it.
0: Right. I mean, his, that's, that's what he did.
1: Yeah. His primary concern was his children.
0: Right. And, and he knew he knew what happened to Nell. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to make sure it didn't happen to any of the others. Yep. And so he was still focused on protecting them from the truth. Yep. Which was not his best strategy. No. Probably would have been a lot better for everybody if he'd, you know, yeah. been honest.
1: But would, he, would they have believed him?
0: Right. Well, and I think, well, and there's also the Dudleys to consider. And I think that that's why, I think that's why they put that part in. Mm -hmm. Because, like, it would have been, honestly, it would have been just as horrific if she had attempted to poison her children. As if, yes, like, yes, it was slightly more horrific that she actually managed to poison a child who wasn't hers. Right. But, like, the story still would have made sense without Abigail. Mm Mm-hmm. Except for him keeping the house.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah.
0: So they needed that storyline. And because he he could have still wanted to protect them from, protect their image of their mother mm-hmm. from just that she tried to kill their siblings. Right. Right. Like, that would have been enough for him to, like, shut down and be like, we're not going to talk about this. Mm-hmm. There was nothing wrong with your mom. Like, it was the house. It was the ghosts the right. whole time. Um. And it was, and it's after, it's after you find out how Nell died that you really, it really starts to focus more on Olivia and how she died Yes. and how, how they got to the point of her death. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, it's crazy because Poppy seems like such a huge character and she doesn't show up until like episode eight yeah. or nine. be not.
1: Uh, yeah, I think you might be right. I think, I think you they might...
0: talk about Poppy before then, but she yeah. doesn't actually show up until episode nine. Yeah. Um, cause like Liv just kind of gets sort of unhinged, right? Mm-hmm. And really up until the very end, they are kind of leaving it open. Like they're, they're going back and forth on leaving it open of whether or not it actually is that they're all just schizophrenic or right. if they're actual ghosts. Mm-hmm. I think by the end you're like, no, these are ghosts. Right. But Nell does go off her meds, mm-hmm. and she acts like somebody who is off yeah, of her meds, absolutely, in the lead up to her mm-hmm. hanging herself. Yes, right. And with both her death and Olivia's death, you're right. Nobody actually pushes them. No, right. Like I think one of the one of the most like one of the most effective or. Uh, not effective, affecting moments for me is actually when Poppy is reaching for Olivia right before she falls. Mm-hmm. And then she like curls her fingers back yep. because she knows that she doesn't have to.
3: Yeah.
0: And Olivia just falls. Yep. Right? Like, it's like she's she's going for it and then she's like, no, I did my job. And she pulls her hand back right mm-hmm. before. So she never touches her. Yeah. So she still did it herself. Mm-hmm. Quote unquote. Right. right. Um, but yes. So... Poppy. (laughs) Let's be clear. This has absolutely no bearing on anything. It's just something that I find amusing. (laughs) (laughs) So, Poppy is discussed. So, uh, Poppy Hill was the wife of William Hill. He is the man in the bowler hat. And you come to find, in one of the episodes, it's after episode five, I don't remember which one. Mm -hmm. I think it's six or seven. Um, yeah, I think it's after the storms. Because they don't... They're yes. cleaning up the storm damage when they notice the water damage. Yes. And they're like, oh, it's from the storm, and then they realize it has to be much worse than that.
1: Right, and that's where they and open they up the wall. The yeah. Yeah. And he hears
3: rats.
0: He hears rats. Mm-hmm. Right. And then,
3: mm-hmm. after
0: a while, they find that William Hill, a member of the Hill family who, you know, had the house for many years... Uh, actually bricked himself into the wall in the basement. Yep. Like a fucking Edgar Allan Poe story. Mm-hmm. To try to escape the ghosts. Right. Or I mean that's the implication. Right. That he's trying to escape the ghosts. Um you also learn that he had been in an insane asylum. Mm-hmm. But again, not so much Poppy but William like was William driven insane by the house cuz he lived there his entire life. He did. Cuz his mother I think was Hazel. Or maybe his sister was Hazel.
1: Yeah, that part of the, the family kind tree of, is... They're
0: Yeah, they're yep. they kind of fuzzy on the family tree of the hills, mm-hmm. um, which I think is intentional. Well, and
1: I and I mean, like, it's such a quick thing that they mention, too. Right, so, yeah, like,
0: like, like, who Hazel is as opposed to who, you know, Poppy is or whatever. Right. But... But somehow... Clara knew all of them,
3: mm-hmm.
0: which is, again, why I thought she was a ghost. Right. She was like, oh, yeah, I knew She was just older. And it's like, what? She was from, like, the 20s. (laughs) How old are you? Right. (laughs) (laughs) But she was from the 20s as a young woman. Mm -hmm. So I suppose, like, in the 70s, when Clara would have started working there. Because it is, you know, it's it's implied that she started working there when she was very young, like a teenager. Yes. And that's when they met, but... Mm -hmm. Still, the the timing. I mean I think they did it on purpose that the timing was supposed to be kind of like off and confusing and, yes yeah. I think they were leading you in the direction of like, oh, these are ghosts and mm-hmm. then you're like, Nope. <laughs> nope. They're yeah. not. Um So Poppy is the actually the primary antagonist for the last few episodes. She yeah. is the one who is pushing Olivia metaphorically.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and- not literally.
0: Almost literally, but not quite, quite. toward her eventual attempted murder of the twins Mm -hmm. and the murder of Abigail. And she does that by convincing her that she's dreaming Mm -hmm. and that she's having a nightmare and also showing her premonitions of her children dead, the twins specifically. Yes. She's really only worried about the twins. Mm -hmm. And convincing her that letting them leave the house is actually going to kill them. Mm-hmm. And that they're all in a nightmare. And that if she, quote unquote, you know, and that if somebody dies, essentially if somebody dies in the nightmare, that they'll wake up.
1: Right. That's
0: not how it works. That's not how it works. It's quite the opposite of yeah. how it works, in fact. Um, yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> but, you know, it's that's it's not the only, you know, it's not the only, that's actually a relatively common trope in, in media where dreams are involved, looked at in, look at Inception yeah right yeah if you die in the dream, you wake up mm-hmm. right? Um, and and you know, Poppy is presented as this beautiful young woman.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It's a beautiful young blonde woman, very glamorous from like the 20s or the 30s ish. Mm-hmm. And um, there is one scene and it's like a split second it's mm-hmm. a split second where, Poppy is standing behind Olivia and Olivia is looking at the twins and then they reverse shot back to Olivia and Poppy standing behind beside behind her still, but suddenly looks monstrous.
1: Yes. Yep.
0: Like she's gotten bigger and she's gotten kind of green and it is the only moment because they show her in, in sort of like this decayed ghosty form later on, but she doesn't mm. look like that again. No. At all. Ever. It's just that mm. one split second. Mm-hmm. And I laughed every time I see it because here's my here's my Quackbusters thing that I keep talking about (laughs) there was uh, a Warner Brothers Looney Tunes compilation movie called Quackbusters they made several of these one of them was Daffy Duck's Fantasy Island Mm -hmm. Uh, the other one was I think just called a Bugs Bunny movie or something Um, but Quackbusters was a Obviously, a play on Ghostbusters. Yes. And it was like a Halloween movie. So they had Mm -hmm. taken clips from different Warner Brothers shorts throughout the years that were kind of like, you know, had to do with spooky things and smashed them all into this narrative in which Daffy Duck opens a paranormal investigation Mm -hmm. firm with Bugs and Porky. Yes. One of the shorts that they made for the movie so like basically how these movies worked is that they took the old cartoons and they stuck them in right and then they they drew and wrote a new narrative around it right Mm -hmm. kind of like a simpsons clip show right that's the closest analog i can think of it um and the paranormal investigation was was the new part was the paranormal investigation part Mm -hmm. right and then they were like oh we're going on assignment and it's the episode and it's the short where Bugs Bunny meets Dracula right Mm -hmm. um but they also made a new one for the movie Mm -hmm. I believe or it was much newer than the others one or the other but it was called The Dextercist and it's where Daffy goes and uh exercises a demon from this beautiful young duck who of Mm -hmm. course like is trying to hook up with and she's this young blonde woman. Or young blonde duck woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when she goes possessed, she gets bigger and she gets green. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and I cannot watch this scene. It's a very serious scene. Like, it's a crucial part of the plot. <laughs> I cannot watch it without laughing. Because every time I see it, every time I see it, I think of the lady in Crackbusters. <laughs> She's like, because there's this moment where she's like, you know, doing all these weird, she's like, you know, she's like floating through the air, right? She's clearly possessed. She's floating through the air and like her head is turning all the way around and yada, yada. And she goes, Mary had a little lamb, but I ate it. And she like turns into the big one. And it's just like, I think of that. So every time I see it, I think of Poppy saying, Mary had a little lamb, but I ate it. (laughs) probably doesn't translate over a podcast. Like, I need to, like, take some screenshots of these two things and put them up on the Instagram side by side because right. you will see. But also go watch Quackbusters because it's just a good time. And if I'm not mistaken, it's on what? HBO Max? I believe it's on HBO Max. Well, the individual cartoons are on HBO Max. Right. Um. I, I don't know if the, like, movie all put together is, but you can rent it on iTunes, I know. And you oh, can okay. also buy it on iTunes because I did. <laughs> well, there you go. Than that person who bought fucking quackbusters, but
1: But but the Duxorcist just is yes. that episode alone is on HBO Max. So last I, watch I
0: it. last I checked, yeah. just the Duxor just that short mm-hmm. that has the, the lady who reminds me of Poppy in it. Right. Is on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Yes. And probably also like on YouTube. I mean uh, a lot of Looney yeah. Tunes are pirated onto YouTube. So Fair. So look it up. Look it up. Look it up. It's hilarious mm-hmm. and not relevant at all. But
1: <laughs> Quackbusters theory. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even a theory.
0: It's just not a theory. Like, I guess the theory would be that Mike can't like took like lifted that character out of Quackbusters, but I kind of doubt that. <laughs> but how validated would I be if he ever mentions it? Right. Like, even if he doesn't mention it in the context of this show, if he just mentions that he's like seen it, I'd be like,
1: <laughs> then it's a the thing thing if yeah if he mentioned that he saw you modeled that, that character it, after yeah absolutely <laughs> even if it was subconsciously
0: right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you mm-hmm. might not have known you did it but you did it but you did it poppy doesn't show up until like the end right um i was actually surprised when i watched it again because she seems like such a huge character and then i'm like right. where is she like, yeah oh shit she doesn't come until now mm-hmm. um but so we go through in the present we go through Nell's funeral. Luke decides that he's going to burn down the house. Yep. As revenge for killing. Because he knows that the house killed his mother and his sister. Mm -hmm. Like, he's always believed it. So he decides he's going to burn down the house. He goes to the house. The house, like, retaliates and locks him in the red room.
1: (laughs) And, like, he actually does light the house on fire.
0: He does, but it just doesn't burn.
1: It just, like, the gas, like, Mm. it's like the gas just, like, was like,
0: okay, fine. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it, like, burns away the gas, yes. but that's all that happens. Yep. Like, oh. And he's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yep. And then he looks up and he sees his mother and he's like, oh, fuck.
1: <laughs> and then Poppy takes him.
0: Poppy takes him. Yeah. yeah. So you see Poppy again. Not as big green Poppy, but but definitely, like, decayed ghosty Poppy. Like, not yes. the pretty Poppy.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, also, her name is Poppy. I literally just noticed this. Her name is Poppy. As in, like poppy seeds. As in, like heroin. Yes. Oh,
1: I did not connect that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Duh. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's um, smart. Yeah, I did not. I did not make that connection. But yeah, I mean, like, of course, she like affects everyone, but she's the one that she kind of injects. Physically takes yeah. him. Yes. Yeah. Like she, she,
0: she tries to kill him more directly than she did anyone else. I yes. Guess.
1: Um. Everyone else, she just made pass out basically. And it almost seemed like they were trying, she was trying to like trap them in a dream state.
0: Right. Yes. So they're, they're all kind of in, they're all kind of in this sort of like few state, right? Mm-hmm. Which Nell was too. Like she saw, yep. she saw her entire family in the house. She saw the mm-hmm. house as it was when they were kids. She saw <laughs> Arthur.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Like she went back to her wedding day essentially. Right. But like different because Luke was there. Right. Mm-hmm. And like that Arthur was still alive and. Right. And they sort of like, that's how they kind of convinced her to stay there. Mm hmm. Yeah,
1: but she's the reason that they woke up.
0: Right, because once she was dead, she was like, "Wait, wait, this is this is a mm-hmm. fraud. You're being tricked." Right. And like, once she was a ghost in the house, she had a little bit more control. Yep, over what was happening to them.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Right, once they were in the house. Well, really, even when they are outside the house, because she like kept sort of popping up, like wait. she does in the car.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Quite literally popping up. <laughs> yeah. Like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> mid fucking word. Yeah. Um but yeah, after after Nell's funeral things start to es- escalate very quickly cuz like you get Luke runs off to burn down the house. He gets locked in the red room by Poppy. Um Hugh finally gets through to Steven. Mhm. By telling him that the treehouse that he used to sit in with Luke all the time didn't exist. Yep. And he's like, when we get there, you can look. There's no treehouse. There never was a treehouse. Why would I have built a treehouse in a house we weren't going to live in for very long? Exactly. Like, he was like, I was so busy trying to work on the house. Why would I build a treehouse? Um, make it make sense. <laughs> right? <laughs> it doesn't. It, it doesn't. Because <laughs> you're a ghost. Right. You're not a ghost. But there are ghosts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> What they come to learn is that red room, that room that had been locked and that they had spent the entire show trying to get into, Mm -hmm. they'd actually been in on and off the entire time. Mm -hmm. And each child, really everyone except Hugh in the family had a version of that room. Yep. And Poppy also talks about having a version of that room, Mm -hmm. a couple of different versions. She's like, for me, this was a dressing room and then it was a nursery. Yes. Right. So it's like. Were was it actually those things, or right. was it always a hallucination?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, were her children even real?
1: You really don't know.
0: You really don't know. I mean, they're there as ghosts, right? But she talks about them being a dream, but like she's also lying about live being in a dream. So right. like, did I mean I th- I I do think I think what you're sort of supposed to infer from that is that she also murdered her own children. Yes. Because the way that she describes, with the exception of the time that she claims it took her daughter to die, how she describes it is very much like strychnine poisoning. Yep. And then, um, you know, her son was in a wheelchair.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: so like it's possible i mean it's possible that i mean it was you know it was the 30s it's possible that like the one kid got polio and the other one got tb yeah you know Who what knows? i mean and and they just died right you know it's, it's perfectly it's the thing that happened back then mm-hmm. vaccinate your children um <laughs> like <Lights>. but um
1: <laughs> so luke ends up going back to the house tries setting it on fire while he's doing this everyone else has realized that suddenly he's gone
0: and he's, they think that he's going to do drugs. Yes,
1: right, because yes. he stole uh, Shirley's credit card mm-hmm. and Theo's car. Yes,
0: <laughs> my fiance and I laughed so hard, <laughs> so hard, when Steve's like, "I'm not looking for him. I'm looking for a beat up old green, a, a beat up old cheap with not one but two Annie DeFranco's.
2: <laughs> right? You're <laughs> <laughs> we like
3: attacked. Uh huh." Attacked? Yeah. I am attacked.
0: <laughs> so my fiance drives a Jeep. <laughs> and loves Anna DeFranco. So she was like rolling. She was like, that's fucking hilarious. Uh, <laughs> not one, but two Anna De Franco bumper stickers on it. <laughs>
1: just saying. Just saying.
0: How did you not know? <laughs> but, um. And we start to see, like. In the flashbacks, we start to see Olivia losing her grip on reality,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and you start to see Poppy manipulating her more and more. Mm-hmm. Right, while some of the other ghosts, like Hazel's ghost, tries to warn her.
1: Right,
2: she's like, yeah. she's a liar. Mm-hmm. Like, yes,
0: everything would be fine here if you guys just left. Mm-hmm. Right, um, and everyone's getting increasingly worried about Olivia, and you know they decide that maybe she should leave the house. Mm-hmm. You know, they've, they have found a body in the basement. Like, things are going poorly. Oh, and there's mold everywhere. Yes. And they think that the mold is originating in the Red Room, but mm-hmm. they can't get into it. Right. But what Nell reveals to all of her siblings is that they all had a version of the room. hmm Right. And the big... The, the big reveal, I feel, is the treehouse. When yes Hugh tells tell steve because i think that's mm-hmm. when steve finally starts to believe it mm-hmm. it's when he's like there was no tree house i never built you a tree house you weren't in a tree house and then there was the oh and there was the man that was fixing the clock where yes he was like yep i never hired someone to fix that clock there was no there was no man there That was mm-hmm. a ghost and like if you think about it if you remember he looks like he was from 1930 yes so like why would you think that man was right. there Right.
1: right. And he's like, not like, th- there's not a possibility for me to have had that man there because I had to send that clock out right. to he's be like, repaired.
0: Right. Like, th- there aren't people who would come to your house and repair no. that clock. Like right. You would have to send it somewhere. Right. Exactly. And he's like, and I decided not to because it would be too expensive. Right. So, like, no one repaired the clock.
1: Yeah.
3: That's the clock right. never yeah, worked. Yeah,
0: yeah. But, like, it's ticking the entire time. Mm-hmm. Several different characters here it ticking. Mm-hmm. Well, and if I'm not mistaken,
1: like what I'm assuming is that it was repaired at one point.
0: Right. Right. Well, yeah, and he he says that that he could he mm-hmm. saw that it had been repaired like in the sixties. Yes. Yeah. That's but right. Probably not by that man because he looks like he's from before that. Yeah, it does look like he's from before that. But who knows? I mean, what would... yeah, right. I mean, it's but clock. <laughs> it's a clock. It's been there. It's an old clock. It's been there a long time. Yes. Um.
1: So. All of the other siblings go and chase after Luke to try to get to the house before him or as quickly as possible so he does not burn the house down.
0: Well, Shirley and Theo don't know he's burning the house down. That's true. It's Hugh figures that Hugh, out. Hugh, yes. Um, and he's like, the house is going to retaliate. Shirley and Theo assume that he's going to the house to kill, to himself. kill himself. Like, now Yes, that's right. that's right. Right, that's because you know, she's not wrong. Suicides do cluster. Right. Yep. But, uh-huh. um, I mean, she's a psychologist. Right. <laughs> she knows, but, um, <laughs> so that's why they're going there to mm-hmm. stop him from, from killing himself, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, they don't really have like Theo has had, obviously has had experiences her entire life, but she also has experiences that evening. Like when she sees her mother's ghost and in, in her sister's office, right. When she and Hugh are in there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and, they both hear the banging, right? Right. Which is similar to the experience they had together when they were kids, mm-hmm. which is another one. But they don't ever mention it. They don't mention that it was like when they were kids. It's just another right. one where it's like a throwback to mm-hmm. what's happening, and they don't. They just let it go. Mm-hmm. And it's like you have to like catch that it was these same same two characters that heard the banging, right? Um, Shirley's still trying to be in denial. <laughs> Finally, Nell literally just screams in her face. <laughs> right. <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, right." go surreal mm-hmm. and then and then Theo's like you know what I am mm-hmm. you know what I can do you've always known you've just been in denial you know why mm-hmm. I wear these gloves you know what you know what happens when I touch people right um and so they they you know kind of they kind of reconcile but mm-hmm. you know they're like we need we need to get to the house right to save to save their brother
3: mm-hmm.
0: um and you never see them enter the house they just end up in the red room
1: yeah no, you do. You do because this is when you start to see, and this is technically the second time because you see him for the first time at the funeral. but this is where you really start to see the man that Shirley cheated on her husband with.
0: Right. but you do not see them you do not see them physically enter Hill House.
1: That's true they're but they're but they're downstairs.
0: I guess there is a scene where they're downstairs.
1: Because that Shirley's downstairs. While Theo runs upstairs because she hears their dad yell up here mm-hmm. <clears throat> and you see Shirley start to kind of walk away from the stairs.
0: Right, and then she's suddenly in the bar. Yes. You're right. You're right.
1: Yeah, because uh Poppy like pokes him in the head <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> which is a little silly. <laughs> I'm like
0: oh. My brother does that to me, it hurts like motherfucker. <laughs> He doesn't do it anymore. He did that when
3: we were kids. Right. Fair. He
0: hasn't. My, my four, my forty some odd brother does not, like, poke his 35-year-old sister in the head. But, oh, well. he used to. I mean, he probably would. If he listens to this, he's probably going to.
3: Yep. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> but yes. So, yes. So, what they see is, uh, Theo sees herself with Trish, who's the woman that she's been sort of sleeping with on and off through the mm-hmm. entire show. They have a weird relationship and we can yeah. talk for another hour about how fucked up that relationship is and, just just because it's two girls doesn't mean it's automatically healthy and uh not healthy but um and it is revealed that the man that shirley has been seeing sort of out of the corner of her eye for the entire show most Mm -hmm. of the show um was actually a man that she had a one-night stand with Mm -hmm. several years prior
3: yeah
0: and so like a, a big theme here is that Shirley is kind of up on a high horse and pretends that she's sort of does no wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. And, but she also has secrets and things that she's ashamed right. of. Mm-hmm. Right. And that she kind of has to come clean about. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. And, and Steve sees, uh, Steve sees his wife pregnant. Right. When right. the entire reason that he and his wife had separated was because he had had a vasectomy and not told her. hmm. And then when he does tell her, she kicks him out, hopefully so. Right. I would too. Not so much for, not even so much for the not wanting to have kids. Like that's, that's just like a, you know, that's just a not wanting the same thing out of life. And that's, you know, fine. Like, don't be together, but you're not really angry about it. But that, he lied to her to the point where she's going and like going to fertility doctors. Right. (laughs) And thinking there's something wrong with her. And And it's it's like, he knew the whole time. Right. And he knew the whole time. He did it on purpose. Right. Exactly. And, and I'm like,
1: sir, why didn't you just say... When she was trying to have kids, that you didn't want kids,
0: right? Yeah, the whole like he had multiple. He had he had multiple.
1: He dug himself into a hole.
0: He did, and again, like each character has like a flaw, right? Or has lots of flaws, right? They're they're very like well rounded characters, mm-hmm. but each character kind of projects onto another character what their flaws are. Yep. Right, like Shirley, Shirley cheated on her husband, and yet she like insults Theo's like you know sexual practices and like gets really mad at her for trying to kiss her husband right um which I mean you would you would but um Steve's primary complaint against his father is that he never told the truth he didn't just come out and say the truth. Right. He didn't tell them. He didn't mm-hmm. tell them. He didn't tell them. And now you find out that Steve didn't tell his wife that he, yeah. like, was not able to have children.
1: Right. Or at least
0: not able to have children without having another surgery. Right. Because it can be reversed. But And, like, just continued to not tell her and not tell her and not tell her, even though the consequences for not telling her piled up and piled up and piled up. Right. So he did exactly on a smaller scale he did exactly what his father had done mm-hmm. and he did exactly what he was so mad at his father for doing exactly
3: right mm-hmm.
0: um and they all have they all have those little moments mm-hmm. where they sort of have that like you know lack of self-awareness and they're like right. projecting
3: mm-hmm.
0: their anger at themselves onto other people and everything um
1: And we kind of forgot to mention, just real quick. So Steve and I
2: Lee.
1: forgot Lee. Thank mm-hmm. you. I'm like I forgot his name. Um, the dad.
2: Oh no, able... I'm
0: sorry. Lee's his wife. Hugh is the dad. Hugh is the dad. Lee is Steve's wife. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Sorry. I, I I jumped the gun on that. I thought you were.
1: And I did too, because I was like, yeah, I forgot his name, <laughs> Lee. Right. Yeah. I no. was like, wait, his. No, it's
0: yeah too. Um. Uh.
1: Steve and Hugh got to the house first. Right. We're trying to get into the red room, but it was locked. They knew that, that that's where he would be.
0: Oh, right. Yeah.
1: And then suddenly the door is open.
0: And Steve walks in.
1: And the door slams shut.
0: Right. Hugh tries to stop him because yes. he knows
1: what's going to happen. Right. And then Poppy's in there and does a little head poke thing too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they're all experiencing essentially these nightmares.
0: Right. They're all caught in these sort of, like, dream states. Mm
1: -hmm. And Nell ends up being the one that wakes them up.
0: Right. She shows up in each of the dream states and it's like, hey. Yep. Up. And they wake up and they find Luke um, has been injected, not with heroin, but with the rat poison. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That... the self-same rat poison that apparently no one ever threw away that, (laughs) that his mother used to kill Abigail. Right. His friend. Mm-hmm. Abigail. Right. Um, because what had actually happened that night, the last night when Hugh pulled his children out of that house and left his wife there and then she died. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that Hugh killed her. Wasn't really that she killed herself. Not exactly. But that Poppy had convinced her that she was dreaming and that the only way to... Oh, and the family had thought that she'd left to go see her sister. Mm-hmm. And she came back and prepares a tea party for the twins because she's going to take them with her. Mm -hmm. She's essentially planned a murder-suicide. Right. Abigail, who up until that point she really did think was imaginary, happens to be there as well. And Mm -hmm. she's like, oh, come have a tea party with us. And the only person who ends up drinking the tea is Abigail. Right. And Abigail dies Mm -hmm. and becomes a ghost. At that moment, even though you think she's a ghost the whole time. Right. And then she, you know, she then, in an attempt to wake herself up, leaps off the staircase. Or really just lets herself fall off the staircase. She doesn't really leap. So,
1: well, what what ends up happening is um, Liv walks up to her and says, it's time to wake up and kisses her on her forehead.
0: Right, that's when Nell dies. Oh wait. Yes. Yes. And she's and then Nell is suddenly falling and yes. and hanging. I'm talking about when I'm talking about that great moment when Poppy is reaching. Yeah, I don't know why Liv.
1: my brain went back to Nell. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, no no, okay. no no no. No one very similar deaths. Yes. No, you're right. No one she does not touch her.
0: She does not touch her. Yeah. She like she starts to and then she's like, actually I don't need to do that. Mm-hmm. And then Liv just sort of lets herself fall. Yeah. Because she's still fully in the I'm dreaming and I need to wake myself up and this is how I'm going to wake myself up. Yep. So she doesn't think she's going to die.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But she does do it herself. Right. It's kind of like this this gray area of whether or not she actually committed suicide. Right. Um, and the reason that he pulled the kids out of the house first was because his primary concern was the safety of his children. And, and yep. like, you know, she was she had clearly lost her mind. Mm-hmm. She was trying to kill his children. Right, like He exactly. was getting them away from her, took them to a safe place, and then went back to try to get her, and by the time he got back, she was dead. Yep. Then we learn that that little girl, and this had also sort of heavily been hinted at, Mm -hmm. but we learn that that little girl was actually the Dudley's daughter. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that was the reason that she was always sort of hanging around, and that was the reason she was dressed the way she was, Mm -hmm. but that she was the Dudley's daughter. And that she was in fact dead, and that she was in fact now one of the ghosts of Hill House. So the Dudleys actually beg him to keep the house, mm-hmm. so that they can keep coming to the house and seeing their daughter's ghost. Yes, which is so incredibly sad. Which mm-hmm. um, she... absolutely, I am. Are you kidding? You're
1: doing that on on episode six. <laughs> this is our favorite episode. Like what?
0: Um. But so the, the three hours that it took him to call the police, which, like, the police, you know, the police use against him. Right. Like they're like, why did it take you three hours? And normally you'd be like, because he killed her. Right. <laughs> which is funny, because I think that there's actually there is an actual murder case the um like, Kathleen and I want to say Michael Peterson it's one of the Petersons there were a lot of Petersons that that yes. killed their wife cuz there's a lot of Petersons i mean it's just a very common name
3: mm-hmm.
0: um but Kathleen Peterson is was the victim's name mm-hmm. um the alleged victim Right. Technically he was never convicted or he was convicted and then was overturned. I don't know. But one of the the sticking points of that case and she fell down a staircase and there was a lot of blood.
1: I was like, is it the, this is the staircase one. Yeah, yeah. This is
0: the staircase one. Yeah. yeah. Her name was Kathleen Peterson. Right. I think his name was Michael. I think you're right. Um. Or is it? And then he waited like, you know, anywhere from depending on, on. Who you believe from 45 minutes to like two and a half hours to call the police right. after she fell. I'm, I'm just wondering if they like had that type of case in mind when they were trying to like sort of steer you in the direction that Hugh was the bad guy. Right. Because they kind of do.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: They kind of try to like steer you in the direction that Hugh's the bad guy mm-hmm. until you learn that like he failed, but he did try to save everybody.
1: Yes. Yep.
0: And, like, he, he didn't do anything wrong. No. Like, he did exactly what, did exact okay, he should have called the cops. He should have called the cops right away. He should have gone to the hotel and called the cops and said, my wife has lost her mind. She's in the house alone. Mm-hmm. I'm here with my kids. Please go check on my wife. Right. Oh, by the way, she killed a little girl. <laughs> That's what he should have done. Yes. That would have been the, that would have been the smart thing to do. Mm -hmm. what he did was not necessarily the wrong thing to do. Right. Because he wanted to protect the memory of his wife. Mm
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and protect his wife, because he didn't know she was dead until he got back. So, like, he was going to go get her and pull her out of the house and then, like, probably try to cover up the whole she murdered a kid thing. Right. And just, like...
1: Or do something. Who knows? Do something, yeah. Yeah. But
0: to save her. He went back to get her. But so now all the kids are in the Red Room. And we learn that the Red Room is... Not the heart of Hill House, but the stomach, mm-hmm. where it sort of, you know, feeds on the life force of whoever's sitting in there. Mm-hmm. And of course, everyone in the family at one point was hanging out in there. Right. Right. Um, that's also where the mold was, which we knew. I mean, he was a mold guy. And he was like, have you checked every room? And he was like, all but one. he's like, it's probably your culprit. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably going to be the room. It's probably in there. Um so it's like this. <laughs> process of elimination. Right, right. Um. And Nell saves them by, by, you know, sort of waking them up out of this and getting them out of the room. Well, waking them up. Actually Nell wakes them up, but she doesn't get them out of the room.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: What gets them out of the room is their mother. Deciding to open the door. Yes. Yep. Because Hugh has a talk with her mm-hmm. and he's like...
1: You know you can open
3: the door.
0: You know you can open the door. hmm If they die here, mm-hmm. yes, nothing bad will ever happen to them again, but nothing good will also ever happen to them again. Right. And part of being a parent is to bear witness To your child's life, and you don't have necessarily control over it after a certain point. Mm -hmm. Um, And he convinces her to open the door. He also promises her that he will stay with her. Now, here's the question. When did Hugh Crane die? Right. When did he die? I think that he was dead before he convinced Olivia to open the door
1: I think he was too
0: I think that when he wakes up yeah that's him waking up uh-huh. and I don't think that he committed suicide either I think he had a heart attack yeah because he wakes up and he takes one of his heart pills uh-huh. which I think is the first time you see those heart pills no, no no you see it at the beginning yeah there's one there's a couple other times where he takes one
3: uh-huh.
0: um but when you see his body his pills are open uh-huh. and like spilled. Right. Like, not like he took them all,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but like he didn't get to it in time. Yeah. I think he had a heart attack. So I think that he's dead before he's ever talking to Olivia. Mm-hmm. Because the first thing she says to him is I mean, they're quoting Shakespeare throughout the entire show, which is another reason I like right. it because I love Shakespeare, but, but first thing she says to him is Journey's End and Lovers' Meeting.
1: Let me ask you this, though, because I don't remember.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I guess. Because I know, like, like Luke, Luke and Nelsie goes outside of the house, mm-hmm. but do any other ghosts roam the the grounds of the house itself? Because he ends up leaving the house and then going back in with Steve
0: yeah I think, I think there are uh, I think there are a couple of instances where where the ghost can step outside. okay They can't leave the grounds. right. But I think there are a couple of instances where you see ghosts standing outside. Mm-hmm. I think I think. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I couldn't remember if, if that was the case or not.
0: Right. I mean he's definitely dead by the time he lets by the time he helps them carry Luke's, not Luke's body because he's alive. by the time he helps them carry Luke. To the car, right. he's yes. definitely dead. Yeah. I think he's dead rather significantly before that. Yeah. I think that he dies of a heart attack the second he sees that door slam. Yeah. Behind um, Steve. Mm-hmm. Because it's it scares him to death. Right. Because the first thing that... Again, the first thing that Liv says to him is journey's end and lover's meeting.
1: Well, and you got to think too, he grabs the wall and the wall like spreads like a black it looks like black mold is kind of taking mm-hmm. over him
0: mm-hmm.
1: on his left heart left arm
0: mm-hmm. 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 right so in in the same way that it's like oh you know did they die by suicide did the house kill them it's like did he die of a heart attack did the house kill him
1: right um, but i'm like it's his left arm isn't that the one that arm goes that goes numb when you have a heart attack like
0: and for most people i think
1: yeah, yeah. so
0: Yeah, actually for men, for women, it's usually the other, the other one, Really? or, or it's the other way around, but like women often experience pain or numbness in the opposite side when they're having heart, which is why many women don't realize they're having heart attacks. And so it's actually like, there's, there's a big, there's been in the last, you know, 10 years or so, a big like push for awareness for heart disease in women, because it is sort of seen as like a male thing, like that men have heart attacks and women don't. Right. Of course women do. Mm -hmm. Right. But that, but the symptoms are different, so they yeah. don't realize they're having a heart attack until too late. Interesting. Delayed. Yeah, but I do think that in the sort of like you know public imagination, mm-hmm. it would be the left arm. Yeah, I I do feel like that's the sort of like stereotypical symptom is your left right. arm.
3: Yeah. And so also, that makes
0: sense. once the door slams, you don't see him like pass out. The door slams, yeah. and then. He wakes up.
1: Yeah, like all you see is it. Well, you see him be take o- taken over in the the black whatever, right? And then that's it.
0: But he's still standing. Yes. And then the door slams, and then you know they go through like all of their different little dream sequences. And then he suddenly and wake. then he suddenly wakes up, and yeah. he can see he can not only see Olivia, he can see Poppy. Yep. So and and Poppy like goes after him. Kind of. Mm -hmm. Like, that she's going to, like, you know, you know, like, schmooze him. And Olivia's like, stop. Right. (laughs) She's like, away. Yeah. You're scary. (laughs) (laughs) So, I think he's dead already. Yeah. I don't think he kills himself. Fair. But I think he, and I think he just convinces her to open the door. Mm -hmm. And then the only person who sees his body steve right and he doesn't say anything Uh for the same reason that hugh didn't say anything right because he doesn't want you know to scare his sisters and be Uh thinking like he wants them to have that last interaction with their father Uh thinking that he was alive right exactly even though he knows that that was a ghost that Uh was helping them physically carry right the ghosts are very corporeal in the show yep Mm -hmm. it's like here i'm gonna push you (laughs) i'm going to literally carry you Uh uh-huh it's fine it's fine fine. everything's fine Mm -hmm. um but yeah and that's kind of you know it's 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 all it's all very allegorical right Mm -hmm. and like for the the healing of this family you know the father dies but everyone else kind of gets their shit together right (laughs) like you know theo is able to sort of like have a meaningful relationship with this woman who she maybe not should have had a meaningful relationship with but that's fine
3: mm-hmm.
0: um you know steve reconciles with his wife and they do in fact get pregnant for real this time um shirley comes clean about her one night stand with her husband and they reconcile as well mm-hmm. um and luke stays clean yeah and I, the next thing you see is like luke's two-year sobriety birthday <laughs> yes um and you know Lee is pregnant, and the family is there together, and and you kind of get this feeling that everyone's kind of doing better now. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like it's still sad because you know those who die don't get to come back; they're still dead. Um, but they are at least together, and that's yep. how it ends. Where <laughs> that's how it ends, which like is a is a radical, perhaps the most different thing between. The novel and this show is the somewhat uplifting ending. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a, a very positive ending. It's a very positive ending. Like, for considering all that has happened here. You right. know, like, yes, those who are dead are still dead. Right. But at least Hugh kind of, like, snaps Olivia out of it. Mm-hmm. Right? Where, like, she's no longer the the ghost that's trying to pull all of her children back to the house. Right. She's sort of, like, happy with, like, Nell being there. Mm-hmm. Right? Nell's there, and so Nell's not alone, and Olivia's not alone. And Hugh is, is back, you know, with his wife and mm-hmm. with his daughter, and they can all sort of be a sort of smaller version of their family together. Right. And Abigail's there, and, you know... You see, uh, Mr. Dudley, whose first name I believe is Horace.
1: Yeah, I believe you're right. I think it is. It is I think it is. But
0: they say that like twice in the entire show. Yeah, he's just Mr. Dudley. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also be Mr. Dudley. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, if your name was Horace, yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Um, but he's he's carrying his wife through the woods very quickly and like sometime later right so that she can die in the house so that she can be there with not only abigail but their their first daughter who was stillborn, right right so that she has her children back so and then like i said everyone else sort of is able to move on with their lives and kind of do better Mm -hmm. and like feel better right um very very different than the ending of of the haunting of hill house as a novel which Mm -hmm. is like very bleak. <laughs> like, Shirley Jackson was not the most optimistic writer, and she might have been like, what the fuck is this at the end of this? But it's fine. Um, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> um, They even alter that. They even alter the opening paragraph, right? Where they say, you know, um, stones meet neatly, floors are firm, silence lays steadily against the wood and stone of Hill House, and those who walk there... Walk together, mm-hmm. right? Instead of whatever walk there, walked alone, which is the actual line, right? So pretty for how sad it is. It's pretty pretty uplifting ending. Mm-hmm. The other thing about the show is that every single episode is so packed, full of stuff. Like we've maybe covered thirty percent of what actually happened. Yep. And we've been talking for three hours. No big deal. But like it is
1: three and a half. Three and a half. Fucking almost. Christ.
0: <laughs> well, but some of that was before we actually started recording. That's true. I'd say I say it's a solid three a solid hours three that hours. we've actually been talking about the show. Yeah. Um. But that's the thing, and that's like, Wendy and I were talking about this, where I was like, she was like, are we still in the same episode? I'm like, yes. They just pack so much, so many happenings into each episode. Yeah. That like, you feel like you get like 30 hours of content in the 12, in the 10 hours of the show, and they right. like do it really efficiently.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's 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 just such a. Th- this is Mike Flanagan's masterpiece.
0: I believe. I I agree. Yeah, that's it for the haunting of Hill House. Uh, I will attempt in some way to get this down to a reasonable episode length. <laughs> no promises. <laughs> no promises. Might have to, might have to cut it in half. Um, <laughs> join us next week when we will be talking Gremlins, cause it's Christmas time. Ayo, ayo! Everybody's favorite Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, what a classic! What a classic! Yes. It brings me Christmas cheer.
0: Mhm. So excited! <laughs> Best Christmas present ever. Right. <laughs> not after midnight though. Not after midnight right now. Don't no, no oh, feed them after midnight. No, not I, uh <laughs> I wanted a Mogwai when I was a kid so bad. Like, oh, well, despite yeah. everything that happened in that movie. I was like, no, I would I would do it right. Just right. give me one of those.
1: <laughs> I mean, if you do it right, you have Gizmo all the time.
0: <laughs> He's
1: so cute. Like, come on.
0: He's so good. Okay, we'll talk about it.
1: <laughs> we will talk about it next week, we promise. We
0: will. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about all the things. Yes. Until then, rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can find our videos on YouTube under Friday Night Frights Podcast. We have an Instagram at FN Frights Podcast. We have a Twitter at FN Frights Pod. We have a website, FNFrightsPodcast.com. You can find us on Facebook if you search Friday Night Frights Podcast. We... Uh, da, 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 missing one. Oh. If you'd like to contact us directly, you can scream at us through our email address, scream at FNFrightsPodcast.com. Mm-hmm. And then there is our Patreon, the Fright Club, and Sean.
1: Yo, yes, scary!
0: What's the first rule of Fright Club? The first rule of Fright Club is to always get a
2: house inspection.
1: Mm-hmm. Real, so real estate can be killer. Yeah, it can <laughs> murder even. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is a, it is a good idea to get a house inspection. Let me tell you.
0: Yep. Make sure you know. Sure. Check your local newspapers. Has anyone associated with the house ever disappeared?
1: Especially when you're buying a mansion, just Especially just an old mansion, an old an old house in general. Anything before the 1900s, I would say. Mm-hmm. Anything built before then, yeah, for sure. I know my house is close.
0: I was you gonna say what, what. That's
1: why I'm specifying because I'm not putting that juju out into the air. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I got 29 years. I got 29 years. Yeah. On on that, (laughs) I'm like, no, no, no. Anything before 1900.
0: Right. I mean, and and that is true because, well, I mean, certainly from the time of the novel, Hill House was supposed to have been built in the 1800s. Right. Um, But they also, at the beginning, when they are attributing Shirley Jackson's words to Steve, Mm -hmm. uh, they do actually change it a little bit. He says it stood for, 100 years before my family moved in and it might stand 100 more. The actual line is it's, right. it has stood for 90 years and it'll stand for 90 more. It doesn't specify before my family moved in. Obviously, because right. that wouldn't make any sense right. in right. The right. context of the novel. Mm-hmm. Um, so if it was 100 years from 1992, right. it was before 1900. So yeah. You okay? I'm just saying. I'm just saying.
1: Yeah, this house isn't allowed to be haunted. <laughs> okay. No, no. Not even with its creepy attic space or hidden basement doors.
0: So, and Wolf, join us next Friday night. You'll be in for a friend.
1: But until then, sleep tight.